Indiana. Welcome to the Crossroads Sports Radio Show, presented by Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, Crossroads Sports fans. Welcome to Crossroads Sports Radio Show. I'm your host, Brandon Reef. I will be joined once again by our main man, Jonathan Birdsong, here shortly. We've got a huge show for you guys this evening. It's going to be amazing. We've got the uh, NBA Conference Finals uh, talk slash NBA Finals preview. We have some news throughout the NBA uh, about 7.15 or so this evening. We'll have an interview actually with the Director of Basketball Operations at the University of Incarnate Ward, uh, Chris Artis. Chris Artis is going to join us, a former uh, player at Valpo. He'll be joining us here later on about 7.15. We'll have an Indy 500 preview that's going on this weekend, and then we'll also hit some quick hitters at the end, uh, kind of catch up the entire week. But starting off the night, my man Jonathan, how are we? Man, I'm real soggy, man, but I'm in good spirits, man. Real soggy with this Indianapolis weather. Boy, I wish it would make Mother Nature make up its mind of what it wants to do. Yeah, man, last Tuesday, man, we were, you know, I, I think you said you were outside, out back, you know what I'm saying? Hell, I thought about firing up the grill last Tuesday. I didn't, but, you know what I'm saying, last Tuesday, that's the kind of weather we had. Now we're back to April showers, but guess what, America? It's May. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they're supposed to storm tomorrow and then get back up in the 80s and be 80s all weekend. Uh, with a chance of thunderstorms. So there's your weather report forecast from Crossroads Sports for the Indianapolis area. <laughs> uh, right. Indy 500 this weekend. We'll kind of get into it here in a little bit after our, uh, after we get Chris on. But uh, we'll give a little bit of a preview, and it could be a washout possibly on Sunday. So stay tuned for that. But, John, today in history is a very famous day, as we always try to do if I find a famous day. It was 24 years ago today – that this happened and I'm going to play the sound clip, probably one of the best sound clips I've ever had in my fandom as an Indiana Pacers fan. Harper to get it in, throws it to Ewing, Ewing surrounded, two seconds to shoot, he drives, he shoots, he missed, he missed, he missed, we win the bell, baby, ding dong, the witch is dead, and the Pacers have won it 97 to 95, and we're going to Disney World. Wow. Mark Boyle. I wish he still had that fire uh, nowadays. Uh, yeah, Pacers <clears throat> finally knock off the New York Knicks in the uh, conference semis. Uh, Ewing with the finger roll layup that somehow just completely missed. I remember watching those games as well back in 95, 24 years ago, John. Whew. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, that was a very, you know, so those series between the Pacers and the Knicks were very, uh, very close. Uh, very close and actually in, in talent and in and actually the games played, uh, you know what I'm saying, on, on, the, on the court. And like you would think, you know what I'm saying, uh, a post presence like Patrick Ewing, that would be like something. He, you know what, Brandon, nine times out of ten, he probably makes that shot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Just that, that, just that, just that you know, pre, you know, but, you know, it's a tight window, even to hit a layup in that in that situation. So, uh, great. It was great for the Patriots to finally, you know, like like Mark Burrell said, ding dong and, and, and to kill the witch. And, 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 and advance in that, in that, uh, in that, from that semi. Yeah, it was, you know, I went back and watched the video of it and my, well, Derek McKee got switched off onto uh, Patrick Ewing. So that was trouble from the start. 
And then uh, as he was heading to the basket, Dale Davis steps up. And I don't know if Dale just opened up the door and let him on in there, but he didn't challenge him or anything. And somehow Patrick missed it. Probably think he was trying to get a little bit of contact. Uh, but yeah, right. missed, missed it. It was uh, great. You know, I, I was listening to Mark Boyle and he was on Twitter today. You know, he hates that call that he made. He hates that, that that's one of his famous calls. Uh, he felt it was too cliche. Uh, he felt like he kind of rehearsed it too much and he's more of a live in the moment type. And uh, yeah, he said people ask him that all the time. And, and you know, it's, hey, this, that was my favorite Pacer uh, highlight or, you know, soundbite. And he hates it. So just thought that was interesting. Yeah, he's a, he's a peculiar bird. So I, I, I kind of chalk it up to that uh, with, with him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was, it, I, I, you know, in regards to him hating or not, I think, I think Pacers fans, uh, obviously, you know, can we remember it and we relish it. And, you know what I'm saying? It, it kind of, even though we didn't go on and win a championship, uh, that year, or, 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 or I don't want to talk about Pacers championships, right? But yeah, I just want to talk about that. <laughs> even though we were championships, it's still something that, as, as a Pacers fan, if you were around during that time, you kind of hold dear to your to your your fandom. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, while we're talking NBA, let's go ahead and dive right in. We got a big show this evening. Uh, director mm-hmm. of basketball operations Chris Artis is going to join us at seven fifteen. He is the new director of basketball ops at uh, the University of Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, he'll be joining mm-hmm. us about seven fifteen, and uh, we'll have a good interview there. Uh, I'm going to let you uh, kind of take the reins on that one, and uh, I'll, I'll kind of yeah, chime sure. in uh, with that. I, I kind of I've, I've seen I've read some sum up on uh, on Chris, so I've got some firepower for him uh, when he comes on. So. Uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> all, all good stuff. All good things, of course. Gotcha. Uh, let's talk conference finals. Well, there's only one conference finals left, but let's let's do the one that ended last night. The Golden State Warriors yeah. sweep Portland four games to zero. Uh, no KD was needed. Uh, KD rest up for game one. They've got nine. Uh, is that right? Let me see. They have nine days ten off, days. ten days off before the NBA finals start next Thursday. Plenty of time for them, uh, and you know it's. I, I thought the Blazers would put up more of a fight than they did. I think they just ran out of gas. I think you're right uh, because they also sustain. You must be remember, and I'm not trying to excuse anybody from anything because if you're out there on the floor, you, you're expected to play. You're expected to play at the level that you know. What I'm saying at All Star level, if you're Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, um, but they also sustain an injury to one of their uh, primary uh, rotation players. I can't think of that. He's a big, I can't think of his name right now. He's, he's a Euro. But he, he, I mean, that was before the playoffs kind of even started. So there's no excuses for that. Uh, Portland has no reason to hold their heads when you're facing the Golden State Warriors, regardless of whether they have Booby Cousins or, or Kevin Durant playing. That's, that's still the team. The core is still pretty much set with, with, with that team. Still Seth Curry, still Clay Thompson, still Draymond Green. And still kind of, you know, uh, however you want to assess um, Andre Iguodala's, you know, say age, he's still a, a, a an asset and a, and a, and he's got, you know, saying got a few bullets still left in the in the, in the chamber that he can, you know, what I'm saying as far as offensively and defensively as we saw uh, through the course of this uh, through the course of this series, um, the Golden State Warriors, um, like I said, before, like I kind of said, you know, the greatest team ever assembled, smart. Uh, very uh, complimentary styles of, 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 of amongst one another. Um, they, uh, you gotta respect uh, Steve Kerr the, from where he the coaching 
and the, and the playoffs that he's personally went through as a player and, and as a and as a he's also been a general manager in Phoenix. You know what I'm saying? Stops he's made. So he's he he's he, you have to respect his mind as well. Again, he's he played in Phil Jackson's system when he won championships with Michael Jordan. He played in San with Popovich in San Antonio system where he won. I don't even San think San he's a top ten coach at all time. Just so you know. Well, we'll we'll, we'll give, you got to be kidding me. You got to no, be kidding. absolutely not. Anybody yeah. can coach players like that. Well, though that the, the roll the balls out, Phil, let them play. The same could be said about Phil Jackson, but yet Doug Collins couldn't get them to where they needed to go. The same, nah. could be said about Kobe and, the same could be said about Kobe and Shaq. Yet Dale Harris, until Phil, until until Phil came into the and in, 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 came into the room, you know, saying the coaches they had prior to Phil Jackson getting there, they couldn't get him. You know, what I'm saying past. You know, come on, man, you've been draft. drinking Paul Pierce's juice, apparently. Steve Kerr, once they win the championship, you got to put him in the top ten. You have to. Well, that well, we'll ask those, you. You think one way, I think the other. Let's ask Chris when he comes on tonight, and uh, we'll go. He'll be he, the tiebreaker. He even played. He even played Arizona under Lute Olson. How could you not? How could you not respect that? <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm talking about him as a coach. I don't man. think he's top ten all time. I don't even think he's top five right now. Did hands down, man down, get the Golden State Warriors to where they need to go, or were they constantly getting bounced out by the No, but but they also did not have a, a Kevin Durant or a uh, Cousins on the team or Draymond back a, then. They won a championship. No, they had Mark Jackson was there with Draymond. They had a championship before Kevin Durant got there. I think people forget that. I think they they utilized yeah, he did. Kevin Durant's talent. They they utilized Kevin Durant's talents to their advantage because. They, you know, you know what, Brandon? Not to get, not, I mean, it's still on topic, but kind of off topic. The Golden State Warriors are probably the most lackadaisical championship team that we've ever experienced. They shouldn't have lost to LeBron and and, and Kyrie Irving, technically. Remember the suspension Correct. that Draymond, remember the suspension Draymond had to do with game six yep. or whatever, and it shouldn't even. It kind of, it kind of, you know, since the some people's of course, and they never went to game uh, game six. And then that's kind of the beauty of LeBron. I won't. I'm not trying to glitch on LeBron right now. <laughs> we'll do that on a later day, but that's kind of beautiful. LeBron is that he you open up a window and he you know saying him and Kyrie took advantage. But like I said, they they technically should have not lost a, a championship in at like the four out of the five that they're getting ready to go to. You know, and again, it's, it's not you know it's not necessarily seven men in the stone. They still got to play either the Bucks or Toronto. I know they're going to be favored by you know what I'm saying to, to to do whatever. But you know what I'm saying let's let those games be played out once they can be played out. But um, what, I, what I think about Portland again, and then kind of, I think the coach Terry Schott got a, uh, an extension finally. Now he doesn't have the specter of, you know, what I'm saying looking over his shoulder or getting fired. You know, what I'm saying, but let's not. I, I, Portland, Portland became everybody's favorite because they beat, because they, you know, what I'm saying they finally got the, you know, what I'm saying the monkey off the back, so to speak, of right. getting bounced out early, and. You kind of you're, you're right. You're what you lose to, they kind of just ran out of steam, and they kind of ran into a juggernaut of experience and talent, more talent than they already can handle. So you know, next year, you know, I I guarantee you, Brandon, Houston will take a step back, and it'll be Portland to be the one that everybody will uh, take to be the second or to take to take over the Warriors. You know, to be that be that team to take over. I don't. I, not not to his term here. Say I don't know if that's going to happen, but they'll be the favorites to to to. To take over the throne for the other to to dethrone the champs for sure. Yeah, here's here's my last thing on the Steve Kerr mountain, 
and I'll and I'll, I'll I'll move on from it until another conversation. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Mike Brown, who coached LeBron previously, you know, and and they couldn't get over the hump when he was in Cleveland. Twice, mm-hmm. Mike Brown was there. Two different stints. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown. Uh, if you remember in the NBA Finals when Steve Kerr was out for his sickness or injury or wherever, wherever it was, Mike Brown coached, and the Warriors won. So to me, that's saying, shit, I can go out there, put me as the head coach, I'll roll the ball out, put a starting five out there, gentlemen, get it done. You know? What did, did, what did Mike Brown do with Kobe? Got fired. <laughs> that's, what I'm saying. that's what I'm saying anybody can do it with the Warriors that that makes even my point even better the fact that there's so much talent in that Warriors team it doesn't matter who coaches it they're still going to get the job done that's, that's the sword I'm going to die on I, I, we can save this for another day we can uh, do, a, we can do okay. a poll online we can do a rankings I just don't feel that Steve Kerr is a top 10 coach all time or even a top 5 coach currently in the NBA I just top, I don't top five not you got me all right we'll we'll, we'll table it you you mean list the five guys. I could probably list them all right now of course Popovich is better than him of course but correct like, no there's no there's nobody I mean I, and I love me some Frank Vogel but he's been out of, he's been out of touch for <laughs> so like no uh the, the Pacer coach absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean not, not the Pacer coach. Uh, who? Who? Brad Stevens? I like I, – I, I like – Brad Stevens got a lot to prove. You know, Brad Stevens got a lot to prove, man, because think about this, Brandon, and hold your thought. What Steve Kerr's been able to do, mesh great talent, as you say, and so that everybody doesn't get an ego and everybody doesn't worry about shots and everybody doesn't worry about, well, this is his minutes or this is his team, and we all know it's Steph's team or whatnot. But technically, hey, Brandon, you know what? Kind of It's kind of Draymond and, and Clay's team too, right? But he meshes all that talent together where Brad Stevens is kind of like hasn't figured that out yet. I love Brad Stevens, but he hasn't necessarily figured that out just yet. So I don't know who you're five. Go for it. Tell me. Because I know Brad Greg is going to be on that list. Greg Popovich. Number one. Give it to you that. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna go Mike uh, Mike Bootenholtz. Number uh, number two, maybe top five. I, I can't lay, I can't number where he's at based on what he's okay. done with an undervalued Bucks team. Um, because I mean, I like I'm looking him. at what. Yeah. Okay. Looking what kind of ever. Um, if I'm gonna continue to look, let's see. I'm looking. Let me look out west real quick. Um, You're saying Doc Rivers. No, I'm not going to say Doc Rivers. I'm not going to say the Kings. Um, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say Terry Stouts because you get swept two years in the playoffs and then you you finally go over to Hump. I mean, it's a good story this year. Um, let's see. I'm not okay. I, I think Mike I actually, Malone. Actually, I, I think Mike Malone in Denver. Who? Malone. I like I said who. <laughs> okay, and then you know what? I am gonna throw Doc Rivers in there because he took a team would, that should have been crap. I would, I would, I would. I was getting ready to correct myself. I would, I would consider Doc Rivers in the top three, but I would put Curry just a little bit ahead of him. Okay, uh, Eastern Conference wise, besides you know, I, I don't think uh, Nick. I I do not like Nick Nurse as a head coach. Um, like you said, oh, I didn't even know the interim tag was off. You know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing about that one, Brandon. They kind of figure out how to negate, and I and I still think the Bucks will win this series, okay? But they figured out how a way to kind of negate big man play 
I, in, in the past series where they did with Embiid, and they kind of negated uh, Giannis in the second game. Like, I mean, you got to – now, here's the thing. You got to have staff, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to foul, to hold, to pull, and to, to put make, make, so, make a wall. They made, basically kind of made a wall so that Giannis had to either shoot or, like, run him over, run run him over, and then had make the referee call it, make, a, make a judgment call, either, either offensive foul or defensive foul. And guess what? What happened, Brandon? Giannis fouled out of that game. I don't think Giannis fell out of another game in this series, right? But they kind of figured, like, what Nick Nurse has kind of put together, you got to give it up to him. He took the team, a ready-made team that kind of was already ready-made for Dwayne Casey, and the, and the organization lost confidence in Dwayne Casey, and they lost confidence in DeRozan. And I don't know how the hell they didn't lose confidence in Kyle Lowry, but they did, probably because his contract is like $13 million, and they can't, they can't find you another confident uh, trade partner, right? <laughs> but Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse kind of took the team where the team has kind of wanted to go. I mean, they still want they still want to win a championship or get to the championship, right? But I, I, I would, I, I mean, I ain't put Nick Nurse in in the, in the conversation with Doc Rivers and no. and and, uh, and 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 Steve Kerr or Popovich or without you know within imagination. But Nick Nurse is showing that he he can coach. Yeah. Okay. I I put Kerr maybe three or four. This year, three or four okay. this year, because <laughs> I'm sitting here going not, through it. I'm going, no, I'm going through my head right now. I'm like, no, 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 not them, not them. <laughs> so yeah, okay, maybe maybe four, but um, okay. I would, I'd be interesting if we did a top ten coaches poll, uh, all time who okay. who would go in there uh, and man, people gonna mark wh- out. You might we might find some six year old guy that listens to the show and say, or 60 or 70. Red Auerbach? There's remembers of Red Auerbach. I've never seen a Red Auerbach. I, I mean, only on only on tape of having seen Red Auerbach right. uh, coach teams. But remember, there was it was half as many teams in the league that when Red Auerbach was yeah. coached. I, I don't want to take anything away from his championships or anything like that, but then there was also another league where, quote-unquote, the best players were playing in another league. So Red Auerbach, until the, until the merger happened, Red Auerbach was playing in a – I, I'm not going to say watered-down league because I'm, I'm not, but I'm saying they were playing it in a less than optimal league than we are right now, okay? So, uh-huh. but outside of Red Arbic, obviously he's going to be in the top. I think he's a legend. So that's why I, 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 only take, I don't even put him in the classification. He's a legend. He, he's, he's shown more, you know what I'm saying? His, his family tree is, is wide, right? We know this. So I think people are automatically going to say Phil, you know what I'm saying, as number one. I would challenge that. And say Pat Riley, who's not necessarily coach. I mean, neither one of them is coach right now either. But I would challenge that and say Pat Riley. Uh-huh. I would, uh, even though he doesn't have his um, championship at field. Yeah, we may have to put some parameters on that poll if we or that mm-hmm. that top ten mm-hmm. list, or, or so if we do, mm-hmm. um, because you know, I, I mean, do you put eighties on? I mean, because then you may have to put Chuck. You have to put Chuck Daly on there. I think for sure. I, I like Chuck. He got back to back. Two time NBA champ. Two time NBA champ, man. But we, you know, we talking Phil. We talking, you know, Pat. We talking uh, Larry Brown. No, oh man, you know what? Larry Brown's got to be in the top ten, man. He. That's what I'm thinking. So he takes Pistons, Pacers. He he takes San Antonio, Denver. Takes team and turn right. Everything worked out except for New York. <laughs> Everything worked out except for New York. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Well, we'll channel that for another another time because I feel like there's more. But I do want to ask uh, 
uh, Chris when he comes on. What's thoughts on Steve Kerr? If he's a great coach or just a product okay. of the system, um, I think we can right. be a good, uh, good segue. Uh, looking at the other series, we just talked a little bit about Nick Nurse and the Raptors. Bucks are up two to one. Uh, Raptors mm-hmm. needed double overtime uh, to right. to escape from being down three nothing. Uh, I think Jurassic Park's about to be extinct because if they're just barely winning these, uh, barely won this last game in double overtime, uh, right. I think it's a matter of time. I think this goes maybe five games, maybe six, but I don't. Right. I've not seen enough from Toronto for a course of an entire game. Uh, it, was to, a sloppy, to win it. it was a sloppy game. It was kind of a sloppy game by everybody by, on both, on both sides. Uh, especially when we kind of think we're kind of getting spoiled about the, about the, I think, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the viewership's kind of getting spoiled on the offense and the, and the beautiful plays that you saw with Portland and that you see with, with gold state. Uh, but it was kind of like a sloppy play. I, I don't really like the drive and kick out that Toronto does. Like when they get point blank in the paint, like they they kicking out for a shooter. I'm like, dude, you don't have Clay Thompson. You don't. Right. You don't have. You don't. You don't have. You don't have those guys that that are they're automatically knocked down shooters. So like, I I just kind of question like why, why uh like uh he had, he finally had a he finally had a good Mark Gasol game, but it was you know it was kind of mired by turnovers and 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 and. and, and you know, silly plays. You know, I mean, they kind of just kind of backed into. I think Toronto just kind of backed into a win in in that overtime game that they had with Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee. I mean, they didn't play a whole heck of a lot. I mean, Bledsoe missed like three layups. I'm like, dude, what else are you, what else are you supposed to do? Like, nobody thinks you're right. a jump shooter at all. I don't. I don't. You know, what I'm saying so if he breaks down the defense, either in transition or or in you know, saying the half court, and and you get to the he gets to the cup, like, dude. How come you didn't convert? I don't understand. You know, so uh, M- Milwaukee, I still think uh, is the better team. Uh, Brogdon, I, I know I'm jacking his name up, sorry, but I, you know <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gonna be somebody that somebody's gonna pay big money to. I don't like I don't know if Milwaukee's if Milwaukee's a small market team. I don't know if they can keep him and Middleton on on the payroll. I, I don't know. I hope they can because that's that'd be a fun team to watch. Going, you know, what I mean, and I mean, I'm unfortunately for the Pacers, you know, what I'm saying, and they're in the rest of Central Division, right? But that's the, if they can keep their core together. But um, he played a he played an exceptional game, I thought. Um, and oh my God, what's uh, George Hill turned back time again? Yes, George you know? Hill. I was about to bring him up. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, Pacer fans will remember George Hill in several playoff games when it comes to clutch free throws, missing them. And, uh, right. and and it hurt Indiana. Well, I tell you what, folks, Pacer fans, I hate to say it, but the other night uh, he stepped up, hit two huge free throws, and uh, helped the Milwaukee. I mean, they didn't win the game, but it helps in it to uh, you know keep them up there to, for a chance to win it. So uh, George Hill playing probably his second best basketball of his career right now. I, um, I, I go for that. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I, like I said before, alluded to before, man, the, the Bucks are going to win this series. Um, Kawhi I, I, again, and I, I kind of hope Kawhi stays just to keep com- the competitive basketball. You know what I'm saying? Playing field. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a level. You know what I'm saying? It, because if he goes to the Clippers, do they become a, a contender to where the Golden State Warriors or even Portland are concerned? Sure. 
but they'll fall, in my personal opinion, they'll kind of fall back. I mean, Coach Brantley talked about this last week. He, he was kind of, he, you know what I'm saying, he was kind of alluded. He, he kind of said it himself. He thinks they'll be an instant contender. Now, and I think Kawhi is great, but I don't. I can't see them. I couldn't see that team, even with Kawhi Leonard, beating, going through the West and, 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 and beating, you know what I'm saying, the Golden State Warriors or even, or having to, you know what I'm saying, it, it just a – I'm not going to say – I don't want to get caught up in the conversation that the East is, versus, is better than the West. I don't like saying that, you know. But there's a lot of there's a lot of great teams out West that you kind of – in order to get to the Warriors, you got to face them first. got to face the, the okay, Oklahoma City Thunder. you got to face the, the Houston Rockets, potentially. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with the New Orleans Pelicans if, if, if Anthony Davis decides <laughs> to stay and then they draft Zion Williamson. You never, I'm just saying, you never know. Or and then what the Lakers Anthony do. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> I I think the Lakers. <laughs> I think they're going to be better. The Lakers. Sure, they will. They should I mean, be, and because like, yeah, right, right. LeBron will be. You know, I don't know if you want to you want to transition to that topic. Yeah, but that was next on my list. So absolutely. Okay. Okay. Because like I can say I think the Bucks are going to win. I really do. I think they are a team on the rise, and they they they're hitting on all cylinders right now. They just kind of, they, Giannis will not foul out too many more games, and even even with Nick Nurse's. You know, to defensive schemes, you know they'll they'll just, and I think uh, I think the Bucks five games. I think they'll win. Yeah, I agree. Vegas though disagrees with us. Uh, Vegas thinks the Bucks will win it tonight. Uh, Milwaukee is minus three uh, in Toronto, so Toronto the home underdog uh, getting points. So uh, put some money down. I guess Vegas says, hey, you know what? You barely survived game uh, game three. Or, or yeah, game three. You're not going to su- survive this one. Or game four, I don't know. I'm I confuse my games. You're not gonna survive game three. You're not gonna survive game, game four. four. Right. Yeah, game four. So they won't win this one. But who knows? All right. Uh, it was also announced a lot of news yesterday. Uh, first news. off, the Los Angeles Lakers announced Frankie Vogel, our head coach. The press conference finally oh, happened. I'm glad I'm glad he got the respect for it. I thought they were just gonna do something under the table and they'll give him no presser. Uh, I liked what he said. Uh, I yeah, felt I sorry too. for Frank with some of the questioning that went to Palinka that Frank was just sitting there, you know, one of the LA and, you know, LA's got assholes as reporters there. I hate to say it, but, uh, you, you know, they say, well, you weren't the first choice or the second choice or even the third choice. So how does it feel to know that you're, you weren't the Lakers top choice? I thought Frank handled that. Well, I don't even know if I would have asked that question uh, because it doesn't matter. Uh, what matters right, is matter. what he's going to bring to the right. team. Yeah. So, as that was all introduced and Rob Polinka was talking, you hear that? That snake sliding uh, <laughs> through the grass. Uh, Magic Johnson was on ESPN's first take, and uh, he had some choice words about Rob Polinka and as why, why he was gone. Uh, he said that Rob Polinka backstabbed me. He talked behind my back during the time at the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't think it was a coincidence that Magic was on first take the same day as that presser. Um, yeah, Magic I, said if he was still I, with the Lakers, they would have gone after KD and then Kawhi and Kyrie if KD would have stayed in Golden State. Right. I, I think I think there's a portion of uh, sports fans that still think that Magic Johnson is just some dumb jock that got lucky and turned a bunch of AMC theaters into uh, and Starbucks into a million dollar profit. And that's not I, that's not the case. Magic Johnson does know basketball, and he does. And he knows he knows sports. I think he knows sports in the ins and outs of sports, and like how things work. You know what I'm saying? He can't he's coach though. I, I go for that. I, I can go. I go. For that. <laughs> he had a bad time I, as a Lakers coach. 
but as, as, as far as like what, uh, as far as a businessman and, and uh, knowing how, you know, saying things work behind closed doors and how to turn a profit and all that, you know, saying I, he, I think he knows the odds and ends of that. Absolutely. Um, I think there's truth in both um, the reports of Matt Johnson not necessarily being in the day to day. There's also truth in Rob Lincoln being a snake. Okay, so it's it's of my. Man, you know it's it's it. I, I man, Magic went on first take and kind of aired everybody's laundry, dirty laundry. You know, I don't. It yeah. didn't make it didn't necessarily for me. For me, it didn't make matters better. It didn't necessarily make matters worse. It kind of just left matters to where they were, which is like, blah. you know, what I'm saying because again, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what Rob Palinka says or what Magic Johnson says. It matters what. Lonzo Ball, Frank Vogel, you know what I'm saying, LeBron James, Ingram, Josh Hart, whoever else is going to play for the team does Kuzma. on the court. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah, he might be traded. But yeah, all, <laughs> all, that's, what, that's what matters. That's what matters. It does not matter what – I mean, I know I get it what people going – I know. And it's gonna seem like I'm talking out both sides of my of my my, my my mouth here. It matters for like everything. Everybody from the organization from the top to the bottom has to be going in the right direction, the same direction. Well, you know, Jenny Bus, the the Buses did not inherit their father's, you know, saying keen eye for running the basketball. They they just didn't, you know, what I'm saying the, the the brother, you know, what I'm saying tried his best and he, you know, what I'm saying everybody he, he overpaid Kobe and and didn't bring in the right talent to compliment. You know what I'm saying during that time, and like now they knew the Magic. I mean, they sorry they knew LeBron was coming. So how much of a pitch did Magic Johnson really push? And then Magic kind of you know saying fumbled and didn't get Paul George or didn't get you know saying whoever else involved in the trade. And then he didn't understand that these young guys don't you know saying they're not like they're not they're not like how you came up in the eighties or now or, or even in the nineties where they you know saying they got caught in their feelings when they found out they were going to get traded. And that's, and that's kind of what they did. So LeBron didn't show also necessarily the leadership qualities that we we kind of know him to be. And, like, it, it was just a mess at the end of the season, right? We had G-leaguers on, uh-huh. the, on, the, on the team. They put LeBron in, you know, and on rest and, and their minutes restriction. And it's just a mess. So what my personal opinion, Brandon, Jenny Buss just needs to stop listening to Rambus, stop listening to her boyfriend, Phil Jackson, and sit down with her superstar, take his two cents if she doesn't already have it. She's got a great coach. She does. She does. She has a coach who knows what the hell he's doing. I, I didn't went to hell. He, she got a coach who knows. I, I am a, I'm a proud supporter of Frank Vogel. You know, she got a coach who knows who, who, who the heck she's doing. Honestly, man, <laughs> she needs to make up with her brother so that, you know, at least it'd be a happy, you know what I'm saying, a bow tie around this season. And then hopefully – Hopefully, she needs to also probably find a, a great basketball mind. I know there's one out there. Me, Jonathan Birdsong, or you, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not joke, joking around, but they're, 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 this great, there's a great basketball mind out there. Not necessarily somebody who's a, who used to be a great player. Not necessarily somebody who's an NBA legend. There's a great basketball mind out there who who, who should be the vice president of the Lakers. And who probably right, but they're not going to hire anybody. They're going to keep Palinka and just let him. Yeah, you know they keep they keep talking about this is opening the door for Kobe. I just don't see it. Maybe if Kobe buys the no. team. Nah, nah, I don't know if Kobe got that kind of 
Jetter. He got he got long money. I don't know if he can buy the Lakers now. Magic said he that. would. Magic Magic said that he definitely <laughs> would buy the Lakers. He would, and uh, uh, Kobe would. Yeah, that's 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 a. I I really hope the Lakers be, from a from a. Uh, you know the NBA. Like I said, I would say the NBA is fantastic. That's that's their, that's their model, right? Uh, the, when Lakers are when Lakers are winning and posing a threat to whatever, uh, or trying to you know saying challenge for a championship, man, the NBA is just better. Um, I hope they can get it together. I hope they can parlay their fourth pick if they keep the pick. Great if they can parlay that pick with with some other roster moves and bring in, excuse me, some help, some uh, some some uh, some better equipped players ready to win a championship or ready to at least advance in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of for. I'm not necessarily a Laker fan. I'm not probably. I call myself my Laker hater number one, right? Because I, oh man, <laughs> I hate it. when the Lakers, when, the, when the Lakers are winning, man, I'm sick. You know, I'm sick because usually that means either my my teams, the San Antonio Spurs, or teams I root for, Boston Celtics, or the team I'm root for, the Pacers, aren't winning when the Lakers are winning. Um, so, but like, but like I said, they need to find a great basketball mind to kind of kind of this thing back together. You can't just say pick four and look at NBADraft.net or look at, you know what I'm saying, what uh, ESPN put together or Chad Ford's big board or whoever says that pick four is going to be the play, best player at that particular – like if DeAndre Hunter, by all regards, should be his, his fourth best talent in this particular draft, right? If DeAndre Hunter is that guy, but if the LeBron James had that time or that window to wait on him to be that guy – two, three years. No, he doesn't. So that's why I kind of say, hey, man, you, you kind of have to fill out the fillers and see what you can do, you know what I'm saying, to improve your roster. Right. Uh, it was reported today that uh, the Bulls are, quote-unquote, intrigued with Lonzo Ball. So uh, maybe the Bulls and the Lakers make a, a trade. I don't know what what the Lakers could get out of it. Besides, I, I mean, yeah, the Bulls the, only the, have the seventh pick. Yeah, the Bulls have been coveting a point guard since the experiments with Levine and the experiment with Dunn have kind of netted nothing for them. Yeah, they haven't um, had anything since Rose. But I don't know, like you, 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 you. I, I like Lonzo. You know what I'm saying? I do. Defensively, I like Lonzo from a from a pure basketball player. Like far as passing and rebounding, he's that guy. But offensively, man, whoo. <laughs> He's a liability. He's very much a liability. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't. And, and then I, I had to look at that. I need to see who they're thinking about trading. I think the okay. Bulls. The Bulls really wanted to get. They wanted to finish in the top the top three so that they could either pick John Morant or Winston Garland. Right. And those names are going to be gone by the, those those names are going to be gone by the time they draft, unless they make a deal for the Lakers pick four. But man, I look at that Bulls roster. Who's there's not nothing sexy on there. There's really not. That's number seven draft pick. That's about it. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, we'll finish up here in NBA here in a second. Uh, mm-hmm. Before we get on with Chris uh, here in about 10 minutes, we will take a call. We got our main man with us. He's Uh-oh. back after a week off. Sweet Lou, how are we? You know, I, I think I, I thought I forgot uh, you were in Dallas because I don't think I saw it up on the um, – Blackhawk website, but if it was, it was my mistake. So uh, yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, we had a big pack show last week. Uh, we had Purdue basketball uh, sure. coach Brandon Brantley join us, so it was a good interview we had with him. So I'm it was sure. good. How's the East Coast? 
Uh, so it's starting to get it's starting to get a little bit warmer up here. So uh, we're 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 in, we're on par now for the summer. Oh, good for you, because right now I'm looking at I'm looking at 52 degrees and uh, cloudy with rain. <laughs> Lou, I got a, I got a question. I got a Name question it. for Lou. What's going on with the Jets, dude? Oh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Well, first you fire your general manager, and now you have your head coach as a uh, part-time general manager, which I think is a ridiculous move. I mean, that is that has got to be one of the most. That has got to be. What, what are you thinking? But I hear that they want to go after Peyton Manning, uh, which would be more of a wiser move. I mean, at least he can bring maybe maybe a winning formula to the Jets. I mean, he has won a, a Super Bowl title and whatnot, so. Things I think could look up in the upswing of that. But the thing is that you need someone to, to hook up with, well, Darnold. So you have to get that straightened out. Yeah. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell situation, that is so eye-opening. Well, I guess not eye-opening yeah. to me because, I mean, as a Steeler fan, he, we dealt with that crap with him when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, and the fact he came there and, and uh, the head coach, Gase, did, did not want him on the roster. They didn't want him to go after him and sign him. They signed him. So you can't think that going into this season that he wants, he's going to come in there and play for a guy that didn't want him. I mean, they have to trade him, correct? Yes. No. 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 Let me hear no. why. why. Why not? Too much Too much money, man. They they like they they be losing money if they trade him. Too much money if they if they they lose the draft pick next year if they traded him. I'm pretty Oof. sure. And then who's gonna take that? Who's gonna take that contract now? This late in the season. Patriots. They can't cut him. Yeah. Yeah. Lou, well, Lou, wanna, Lou, I think you don't want to help the Patriots ever. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I I think the Jets looked at New England. And they're like, oh, well, Bill Belichick, he's head coach and GM, so let's go ahead and give Adam Gase the same situation. Uh, maybe they just looked up the road at Big Brother. So, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I thought of you when I saw it. Thanks. But the last thing the Patriots need is to get another break because they seem to always get one every year. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're talking preaching to the choir here with a Steeler fan and Colts <laughs> fan. So, <laughs> what else you got, Lou? Yeah, and, uh, well, I must say this, that I was disappointed that the uh, Blazers just couldn't measure up to the Warriors. I mean, a sweep, I mean, not really, like, ugh. how did this happen? I thought I was expecting at least to go six games. Yeah, uh, we were talking earlier that uh, I believe they just, you know, not, not as much ran out of gas, but as Jonathan said, uh, you know, they just ran into a great Warriors team. Uh, it was a great yeah. story that the Blazers had, and it just uh, – I think they just fell apart and got tired because they had, I looked, they had 17, a 17 point lead in three games and they blew it <laughs> three out of the four games yeah. in, in the second half. So <clears throat> at one point, yeah, of uh, but I, I do think Toronto is going to make a series of this now. I mean, mm. uh, Leonard, I think is back on track and I think that uh, the momentum is uh, swinging a little bit. So I do see this more to be now of a competitive series. Okay. okay. I, I, I think uh, as we, uh, me and John, I think we're on the side. It's going to be five games, two more games. That's it. Bucks win at four run. Start the uh, NBA Finals, which right now look like they're going to be starting in uh, September for as much time as uh, the Warriors have off. Uh, no, it's supposed to start next Thursday. Yeah, well, you know what? Then September, close enough. Uh, so hockey's out. We've got 
the Boston Bruins, Stanley Cup. We've also got uh, 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 the Sharks and the Blues. Game six tonight? Yes. Who Blues. you like? Blues. Blues? Okay. Yeah, I uh, I like the Blues as well. Uh, and then I just think Boston uh, for the Stanley Cup, which you realize yeah. that the Celtics would have went to the finals. They could have won all four major sports titles in the same year. That would have been. Excuse me, I go throw up. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, that would have been. I, I don't know if that's ever happened before anywhere. Never. So, but uh, at some point, guys, it's got to end with this Boston sports thing with them all four. They have to go back to being crap again. The Patriots being crap. The the Celtics were crap. I think with the uh, Antoine, well, early Antoine Walker days, yeah. uh, Walter right, McCarty yeah. and all them. Between on Chris Ford days coaching, they yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, what else you got, Lou? Anything? We're going to have a guest, I mean, our guest calling in here shortly, so i got to wrap up with you soon. All right, but, I mean, just to saw Boston winning four championships. I mean, that doesn't make any New York fans sick. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah. Uh, you going to check out the Indy 500 this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to try. I mean, it's a big day in the race. Okay, I have a question for you. Okay. Uh, which, is, which, is, which is better, Indy or Daytona? Ooh. Uh I'm gonna go Indy. Uh Thank you. I I believe that the racing and I've been to both races. I think the racing is more exciting in uh with Indy. Uh the number of passes, I think the tradition, yeah, NASCAR with, with Daytona has probably been around what almost sixty years now. I think they just had a sixtieth anniversary or so. Six, uh, uh I think it came out in uh sixty five, I think. Yeah. So and and you know, Indy we got a hundred and three uh, this place fills up even for practice days, uh, Lou. I went out to practice for yeah. three straight days this year and qualifications, and there's just nothing like it uh, going there. So I would say Indy, uh, 400,000 people. I mean, you can fit a lot of stadiums inside the grounds of this place. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's yep. beautiful. I think it's going to be a great race. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later on once we get uh, off our interview with Chris. But, uh, to get my little sneak peek in my article I posted on the website, uh, I've actually got uh, Alexander Rossi winning his second Indy 500 mm-hmm. on Sunday, if we can get it in on Sunday. There's a chance of thunderstorm, so could be a little dicey. May have to move uh, it to Monday. Oh, so. that's, that's true, too. Hey, if you get a chance on Saturday, try to call my show if you can. Okay. I know I'm, I'm out of town on Saturday evening. I'll have to see. Six to eight, right? Correct. Eastern time. Okay, Go ahead and give that plug, my man. The Enhanced Sports Show, that's with an E, not with an I. Uh, we're on 6 to 8 p.m. in the East, 3 to 5 in the West, 11 p.m. in the morning in uh, Europe, if you can reach that far. Uh, the number is 712-775-7035, PIN number 410-173 and the pound sign. If you don't press the pound sign, you don't get squat. You don't get nothing. All right, Lou. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. All right, John. That was our man. That was our, don't get squat. That was our man, Lou. Uh, man, he's great as always. Man. I appreciate him. Yeah, I, I appreciate. Absolutely. Him. I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you asked him about the Jets because that was uh, uh, that was dear to his heart with the Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
it's been on, it's been on my mind. I, I got questions about Peyton Manning going there. I'm like, no chance. No yeah, chance. I don't think that's happening at all. So, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to go from Lou uh, giving us our weekly call-in uh, now. We've got, the, uh, we've got the director of basketball operations at the University of Incarnate Word, Chris Artis, joining us. Chris, how are you? I'm all right, man. How you guys doing? Good. You know, right. just talking a little NBA basketball here uh, in these NBA finals. Uh, how's the weather? Are you, are you up here or are you down in San Antonio right now? No, no, I'm up here. I'm, I don't go down until uh, end, end of June. Okay, okay. 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 Well, go ahead, John. If I'll let you kind of kick it off, and then I will uh, I'll chime in with you. I got you, man. I'm, 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 uh, so I'm excited myself to have Chris on the show because nobody uh, – well, there's very few. I shouldn't say nobody. But very few people can match wits with me. Um, <laughs> And, and I want to let them know. I want to let the Crossroads Sports listening uh, audience uh, know that Chris Artis is definitely uh, one of those people. Like, it's not necessarily like you know, we kind of talked about it before, and I'll let Chris, you know, what I'm saying, uh, talk here in a second. But we kind of talked. We talked about it off air before. Like, uh, when we when you debate a topic, it's not necessarily for you to say hey, you're right or I'm wrong. It's kind of for the other person to kind of get educated on, or like, or how yeah, you necessarily yeah. see things. And like Chris, I had a debate. I debated Chris. You know what I'm saying years ago on different on, on multiple things, and like uh, you know what I'm saying I, I, like I said I really appreciate his insights, and uh, and I and I can't wait for you know what I'm saying for him to kind of share you know what I'm saying his story or like his travels and from you know what I'm saying from Valpo from and 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 now going into being director of Incarnate. So with all that being said, like I said, uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, but tell us a little bit about. One, I want to. I got bits and pieces of the story. How did you end up at Valpo University in the first place? Um, well, I'm from I'm from East Chicago, but I went to Andrean High School in Maryville. I'm proud of Andrean. I know you're the pride of Andrean. You're like one of the top <laughs> five players that ever came out of Andrean. Maybe the top. <laughs> hey, Doc is fifth. Doc is fifth. Doc is fifth. I was gonna say Doc is probably Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so from there, I went to uh, Eastern Washington University out in the Big Sky. Okay. And I spent two years out there, and we were we were a bad team, like real bad. And my mindset then was like, you know, we were losing. I could lose at home. So I, I called back at home and, and got a hold of Homer Drew over at Valpo and asked that I transfer, and he was real cool with it. So my first year there was my um, third year of college, so I had to sit out that year, and it was actually Bryce's first year in college okay what uh so that's how I, this is how you know but did you automatically get a rotation it when you got went to valpo um you know the, the year I, I transferred i had to sit out so I, that was my red shirt year and then when i came in i was a junior and i i started like the first 10 or 12 games and then i was a six man for the rest of the season so i played pretty much you know every game and then my senior year i, I started all 31 games Okay. okay. You guys okay. had a couple. What? That was the kind of the start of the NCAA tournament runs for Valpo there too. While you were there, those last two years, correct? Right, right, right. So ninety five, ninety six was the was the first one that we we got killed by Arizona in the tournament, and then ninety six, ninety seven was my senior year, and we lost to Boston College by seven, and ninety eight was the next year that they went to the Sweet Sixteen. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I I'd be, I'd be sick. <laughs> 
I was, but you know, those were all my boys, man. I was rooting for them. I was the only. It was only two seniors on the previous team, and and we all were still cool with all the guys. So I was happy to see them do it. Okay. Okay. So what? What? Uh, I I kind of know the answer, but I, I kind of want everybody else. To, what What happened for you after? Did you? I mean, you had obviously you had dreams of playing professionally. What happened to you after you graduated from Valpo? All right, so after I graduated, I ended up playing um, a few years overseas. I played in Australia for a year. Um, right after that, Norway, and then France, and then my last stop was Uruguay down in South America. Wow. What you traveled the world. Kind of basketball, what kind of basketball is playing in Norway? I didn't even know they liked it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, it's pretty decent. It's a pretty decent league up there, man. It's, they love basketball. It's cold and dark all the time in the winter, but, uh-huh. you know, they love their basketball. And it, was, it was a real good brand of basketball. So what was the best – I'm, I'm, I'm glad, glad you said that. What was the, What's the best venue that you play international? Like, what was the best – I mean, I, yeah, what was the best I – I don't, I, don't I don't want you to call out a particular team or nothing. What, like, so what's, the, like, the, the best venue you ever played in front of? Venue probably in France, man. They, they're pretty uh, – they're pretty serious about their basketball, man. You could have a uh, – the league I played in was called National One, and the team was called Quimper, uh, pronounced Kemper. Anyway, we played a couple teams in our in our league that had – they had double names because it was two cities coming together as one, and then they shut down the whole town on a Saturday <laughs> night, and then all they have is basketball, and it's like packed, and it's and I don't understand anything they're saying, and it, all the chants are all the same. <laughs> The whole gym was – that's when you could smoke in the gym and stuff. It'd be all smoke. Wow. Man. It was crazy. <laughs> it's like Red Hour back in there. Uh, what was yeah. it like with those – with the players and the coaches? Like, uh, was there like a, a language barrier issue there, or did it kind of just um, surprisingly flow together? Only, it, it was in, in France a little bit because I had a teammate that didn't speak any English, but most of them spoke it. My, my, my coach spoke English. And then when I was in Uruguay, nobody on my team spoke English but my – my uh, coach did, and that was the hardest because, you know, just communicating with guys. And, you know, I lived in a hotel with a guy who uh, he ended up playing with the Atlanta Hawks named Esteban Batista, and we, we hung out all the time, but I didn't know any Spanish. He didn't know any English, so that was weird. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. That was uh, – at least you had the coach. I mean, I could just – I can imagine a coach did not speak English. I'd just look at him and nod my head like, yep. This is what we'll do. <laughs> no, no, he would he would go off and they would go off in their language, go crazy, go crazy, and then translate it for me in English. And I'm like, All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so you're getting the third party. I got you. Um, right. I was kind of. Well, I think you kind of answered it, so I might I might ask it again in a different way. So, obviously, you know, you know, I, I, as a, I, I, well, you come in contact with a bunch of. I, I, so Crossroads Media, uh, Chris also uh, a longtime assistant at Cal. You met, correct? For how long? Right. Uh, Thirteen Thir- years. Thirteen years, long time. Uh, so, like, what do guys? I, I know guys have dreams about playing in the NBA. So, how do you? How do you kind of manage that for them? When you kind of um, know that, you know what I'm saying? When you kind of know that, hey, NBA is the NBA is up here. And maybe, and not necessarily your talent, because I don't ever, I don't ever want nobody to say, "Hey, man, you can't ever make it." But like, there's other roads to, there's other roads in professional basketball that you can, that you can, you know, what I'm saying, seek out. 
Yeah, I get what, I get what you're saying. It's like, you know, you you got to relate to them that those guys at the NBA level, they're really, really good, you know. And on top of being really good, there's some luck involved. There's some guys that, you know, had some things go their way to be able to get to that spot. Like, think of, like, Alfonso McKinney on the Warriors. You know, this dude wasn't even drafted. He played in, like, Switzerland or Luxembourg, something like that, and then mm-hmm. played in the G League, and then somebody saw Steve Kerr, you know, saw him, or whoever saw him gave him a shot and figured he could play. So, you know, you have guys like that that are good, but it takes a little bit of luck on top of that. So you kind of have to temper your expectations a little bit and, mm-hmm. and understand that there's so many guys out there in the world trying to get to that same little piece of pie. So, and, and like you just said, it's, it's other avenues to play, man. It, you, they play basketball all over the world. It's like a, a a very popular sport, man. But, you know, some guys don't want to hear that. They just think NBA, NBA, or bust, or they give it up. And, you know, I, right. I was lucky and fortunate enough to be able to prolong my career a little bit longer, even though, you know, growing up, I was thinking all NBA. But once – you get to that point and you realize that the NBA is not happening or probably won't happen. You might as well go out and have fun, you know, and live live your dream in another avenue. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Um, with your new role now, so you you were coaching for what 12, 13, 13 years, I think. Yeah, I was at uh, Calumet College for thirteen years, and then I did two years at a at a prep school slash post grad called Midwest Elite. Well, it's one's called Bosco Institute now, and then Midwest Elite Prep. I had a high school team, so overall, I've been coaching fifteen years. Okay, so how does that going to transition now with you going down with Carson, Coach Carson Cunningham down there at uh, with the Cardinals? It's Cardinals, right? I think the mascots, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Thank God yep. I got it right. It's going to be a, a change because with my with my position, you know, it's 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 more of an administrative role, you know, and, and I, I took it because, you know, I wanted to get to the Division One level. You know, he offered me a chance to do that. And to be able to do that, man, I want to be able to, you know, it's kind of like starting um, on a basketball team and you just want to make the team. You just want to get there and, and soak up all the knowledge you can in order to move uh forward so it's going to be tough for me not to be able to coach because that's all I've been doing the last 15 years but I'll be learning from some great guys on the staff and then you know meeting a lot of different people and, and seeing you know players at a, at a different level um, than what I've been used to for the last couple of years okay and you've you've known Carson for a while I guess yeah, he's up there from Andrea and Eddie yeah yeah he when I graduated um, he was an incoming freshman, so I've known him about man, it's almost thirty years now. <laughs> we, oh, won't, uh, we won't hate you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, okay. I hate I, Chris. I hate this particular question. Like when people ask, they say, "What was your coaching influence?" I won't ask that. I will ask it in this way: What's the best advice a coach ever gave you that you that kind of sticks with you? The best advice. Um. I stole this from Kevin Eastman, man. I went to a coaching you clinic, and I, I've used this the last five or six years with Calumet College, and it's kind of been my my uh, motto is be there before you get there. You know, okay. I always start practicing a game saying, you know, if you want to get somewhere to where you're going, you have aspirations to go somewhere, you have to be there mentally before you arrive there physically. So I always tell guys, you know, be there before you get there, and it starts to resonate with them. And, you know, I had some seniors this year that heard me say it for four years, and now they finally got, you know, exactly what I meant. So I think that's one of the biggest things without having a big, long quote. It's just something short and simple, and, and it's to the point, and it, it makes a whole lot of sense to me. 
Okay. All right. Um, I got a I got a few more quick hitters, and then I I, I kind of turn over to Brandon because Brandon's got some Brandon's got some heaters for you. Okay. I got some I got, heaters. Um, I've served up for you. <laughs> <laughs> Bring them. Bring them. I'm ready. I, um. Uh, oh man, I gotta get my notes. Dude, where did you gotta hear both sides originate from? You know what, man? I'm not even sure, man. I've just been saying that for years, for years, because you know, you you see different scenarios, man. Me, you and I are friends on Facebook, man. You see me post like these crazy stories, and you already know that the story is crazy. Right. And I'll just say, man, you gotta hear both sides. Because you never know what made that person do that crazy thing. Um, <laughs> even, even though you don't want to hear that other side, even if you don't want to hear that other side, I just say it just to be silly. But it kind of took a whole another life of its own with me saying it. And so now some of the most outrageous stuff I'll just say, man, you got to hear both sides on that one. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I do know, so Brandon, uh, you, you're, in, you're in the presence of an original Golden State Warrior fan here. So, what's the worst trade? I, I, I'm not gonna preface it. What's the worst trade the Warriors have ever made in their in their long time history? The worst trade. Hey, was Mullen traded? Because you know that's my favorite player of all time. Um, I, I don't know if that was the worst trade, but that was the worst thing was getting rid of him. He was supposed to retire a Warrior. I'll never honor him as a Pacer ever. That you know. Ooh, that ooh, that hurts. I, 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 I don't. I don't. Oh man! Honor. See, I thought you go. I thought you were gonna say the Billy. The, I, I thought you were gonna say the Billy Owens <laughs> for Mitch Richmond trade. Yeah, people. <laughs> that that would that would be my trade. But this 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 holds precedence over that man. That Chris Mullen is a warrior. He was always a warrior. That Indiana. The only the only highlight I have of Chris Mullen as a Pacer is when Vince Carter went around him and, and reverse dunked on him. <laughs> I, I don't honor. I don't honor him as a Pacer. I don't honor his oh boy! Well, I don't want to get a I don't want to get an argument started with Mullins because John, I think I was talking with you over the over the winter or maybe his last summer. We were talking about the dream teams, and I said I would have took Isaiah Thomas over Chris Mullins on the dream team back in the original '92. No way! No way! Absolutely not! No way! He proved it, Brandon. You in trouble? Well, he Brandon, like don't get second, in trouble, man. He was the second or third leading scorer on that team. There's no way. <laughs> he yeah, Chris Chris oh, Chris Mullen deserved, deserved to be on the dream. I'm not saying Isaiah Thomas didn't deserve either, and they, you know there's a lot of politics behind that. But yeah, Chris Mullen deserved oh, yeah. to be on the dream team. For, for Chris, sure. how hard is it? Um, how hard is it to defend your Warriors fandom with people? Do people just say, "Hey, man, you just like them because they're good now and such"? Is it hard? Um, or do you get that way, question? It's, it's, it, I get that question a lot because you know they're winning now, and people are like, "Oh man, you just jumped on a bandwagon," but. I did jump on the bandwagon in 84 when he got drafted. You know, when I was young, um, I used to watch St. John because they can't, it seemed like they were on TV playing Georgetown every week. That's what it seemed like to me. And mm-hmm. I'm a lefty, and Chris Mullen was a lefty, and, and they had another guy, Willie Glass, on the team that was a lefty. And I just – those dudes, I just looked up to them because i never seen left-hand basketball players on TV like that. And when he got drafted, I just went on over with the Warriors, and they were horrible, man. Right. Yeah, guys like that. Herbert Short, Sleepy Floyd. I remember all of Joe um, Barry Carroll. I remember all those dudes on the team. Right, so like, right. That's, that's the – right, right, right. Yeah, when people start hey, questioning Chris, me, I start naming those guys. I'm like, man, I was there when Terry Teagle was there. Don't, 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 don't come <laughs> right, at me. Right. 
Do you still play pickup every now and then? You put you still play pickup? Um, yeah, every once in a while, man. It's just, I'm very slow now, so I got to start playing with the older guys. I played with some. Um, I played in the league with some guys that were all under 25, 26. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and I, I've been hurt, man. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> amen. I amen. I'm the same way. I actually played over here at IUPUI a couple of weeks ago, and I'm 35 myself, and uh, I was playing with these college kids, and uh, it was about eight trips down the court, and I was I was tired. I was said, yep, it's three-point line to three-point yeah. line. That's how you get me. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay. Um, what the, with, go ahead, Brent. I was going to say about the – oh, so please tell our Crossroads listening audience, because they like to debate me and John quite a bit, tell them – they're crazy. The fact that they think that the Warriors are better off without Kevin Durant. Um, that's nuts. Um, I don't think any team is better off without them. I think that what has happened is the teams that they've been playing, they have to prepare totally different for Golden State without them. You know, these guys really move without the ball. You got Draymond dominating the ball a little bit more now, and he's pushing it and pushing it. And that's not the Golden State they're used to seeing. You know, if it was, you know, KD was there, it'd be more ISOs. But he's still giving you work either way. If he, if he plays there, if he would have played this series, I think they would have swept him um, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, – and I actually liked watching them play without Durant. I think they moved the ball a lot better. Uh, it kind of yeah, reminded me of the – back when they were uh, <clears throat> the Splash Brothers. I think, I think we also saw that it, Clay's game improved so much more now. You know, there was talk yeah. about him being upset that he wasn't a focal point anymore. And, uh, you know, when Katie went down, it, what's the old motto? Next man step up. And, uh, you know, you, you're seeing that with with Clay and then also the role players that you, you mentioned earlier. Exactly. Exactly. So it's giving the role players a, a chance to step up. You know, Curry's showing some faith in those guys and they, they're out there playing. And, and, you know, they all tie their shoes just like the next man. So they, they figure out that they can play with these dudes and, your confidence gets on another level, and then once once the Warriors get rolling, man, they get rolling. Right. Can Milwaukee right. give them a challenge? Oh, yeah. I, I think Milwaukee can beat them. Ooh. I, I think they can. I'm not saying they will. I think they uh-huh. can. I think that they, they, um, Milwaukee matches up better than um, Toronto will. Yeah. So okay. I, I think I, as I well. We Milwaukee. were – I just took it as a formality that the Raptors are going to end up losing the next two games. So <laughs> they right. won what two nights ago. Happen, yeah. Absolutely. So right. one of our debates, Chris, that me and John had earlier this show, I guess as soon as it started, it kind of developed out of nowhere was uh, we're talking about Steve Kerr as a coach. And I opened my mouth and said that I don't even believe, which I've taken it back a little bit, but I don't even think he's like, I don't know. I think he's a product of the talent around him. I don't think he's that good of a coach in general. Um, I I think, you know, there's a saying that a coach is as good as his players. And there's some truth to that. But but he's also real good at learning when to let those guys go and when to rein them in. You know, he'll play those little mind games in the media with guys to try to get them fired up. You know, you hear him talking the huddle. and, And the stuff we hear in the huddle, you know, when he's mic'd up, he's not saying what he really wants to say. But, you know, I think he challenges them in different ways. 
and, and to be able to keep all those egos in check, man, that to me, that's good coaching right there. I mean, I think he's a better coach than what people give him credit for. And the fact mm-hmm. that they won all of these games without KD, you know, you got to give him some kind of credit with that because you do have to make adjustments to do that. I mean, you got the best player on, on your team not playing and you're still smashing teams. So, I mean, he's got to get a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, okay. Does uh does LeBron get another title sometime? Um, uh, it depends on who the Lakers get coming in there. If they if they get Anthony Davis, man, and don't have to sell the farm to do it, that that that's gonna be tough. It'll be tough to beat out there. Jonathan's already all over the Pelicans. He's already claiming them future champs. <laughs> it's only if they can keep. Uh, Anthony Davis in a, in a Pelicans uniform and 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 uh, and bringing Zion Williamson and 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 build. I mean, I I trust David Griffin as a as a as a as a roster builder more so than more so than whoever Dell Dixon was there prior to. Uh, right. Yeah. I ain't, I ain't saying. Oh, if they can keep here. AD, yeah, that that's the squad. If they can keep AD, but you know, you hear all these reports saying he wants out. And, you know, if a guy ain't happy, right. he's not gonna play for. Him. Right. 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 This this is gonna be my toughest question for you. You have Uh-oh. to rank these three players. Uh oh. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe. Um, I'm going Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. <laughs> I love it. That's exactly what I have on my list. Look, I, I think I think Kobe doesn't get his just due. Because he was so much like I mean, I thought he was the closest thing you can get to Jordan. I just thought he was. And I and I the only reason I rank those two over LeBron is I think the mental aspect of the game for them is stronger. Like I got no problem with anybody saying LeBron is better. I'm not gonna argue that because, you know, the the dude has has done what he's done for how I don't know how many, fifteen, sixteen years or whatever. So you can't really argue that. But it, to me it's just a, a matter of personal preference, man, with the, with those two the mental game that they had, man, and their determination, they just set them a little bit higher than him. Perfect. Okay. I got crap. Chris, I got crap you... for ranking Kobe over LeBron. Nah, nah. And you will continue to. I know I will. <laughs> what you got, John? Chris, have you, uh, have you scouted around your, uh, your, your new residence in San Antonio yet? Um, just, you know, online, man, we're looking for like, you know, decent school districts, man, and nice little afforded, affordable area, man. And, you know, I know all of San Antonio is hot, so it's not like I'm looking for a better climate around there. But, you know, that, that's where it's going to come down to, man. We haven't really started looking um, strongly. We're going to start doing that this week or probably next week. Okay. Okay, I got you. Um, there's a lot of – I mean, I, dude, I'll send it to you later. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great restaurants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what everybody Around. says, man. I know. I, I, uh, ever since it came out that I'm moving down there, man, I got so many people coming out the woodwork. It's like, oh, I live, I live here, or I live 25 minutes from here, and they're giving me all these suggestions. And I know um, that it's it's real good food down there, man. I can't wait to get at it. Right. Nice. right yeah, I was there for the Final Four, and it was beautiful yeah. when I was down there. Yep. Yep. That's what they say. Nice. I got. What's your favorite activity? I mean, I know we, me and you talk about music. We talk about hoops and other things. What's your favorite activity outside of? What's your favorite activity outside of basketball? 
outside of basketball, man, um, not probably hanging with my kids, man, but and listening to music. You know, you just said we talk about hip hop. You know, I listen to it mm-hmm. like obsessively. And Got you. I well. You, <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. We Go about ahead. to geek out. Go ahead. We got to geek Go out. Real, we got to geek out real quick. You're good. You're good. Uh, Chris is what yeah. we would what we would call Chris and I myself, and myself what we would call a hip hop head back in the, in like the early '90s, to where we kind of listened to underground. We kind of listened to uh, mainstream. We kind of listened to pretty much anything that's, that's labeled with the rap music, hip hop music. You know what I'm saying? Genre. We had a, we had a great debate. About Tribe Called Quest and the Roots. I mean, I, Brandon, I know you're familiar with the Roots. They are they 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 is yes. a band for like with Jimmy Kimmel. Um, if you ever seen the Roots, Fallon, I, not I, Kimmel. I, you always say Kimmel. It's, it's Fallon. Fallon. It's Fallon. It ain't Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, yeah. it's not you're Kimmel. Right, Dude, I'm sleep. I'm sleep by that time anyway. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're in bed yeah, about an hour and a half from now. Absolutely. So we had a great debate a couple weeks ago about uh, about the trap the trap quest and, and the roots. I won't I won't I won't rehash it uh, at all. But I want to know I want to know who Chris tell the listeners who like in the last in the last ten years who who should they be listening to? In the who last ten suggest? years, yeah. Um, as a head, like because record stores record stores like Brandon's like Brandon's a little bit younger than me and you, and the, you know saying so his record store experience is a little bit different than me and you. Uh, me and yours. Uh, when I used to go in a record store, you would have a guy across the counter suggest, "Hey, man, listen to this. You you probably love it, or listen to that. You probably love it." So I'm kind of looking for like, who would you who would you suggest? You know, what I'm saying somebody we should listen to. Uh, Fonte, you know, Fonte, Fonte. Little Brother from, from oh, Little Brother. Okay, yeah, get get Little Brother's discography. I just saw today an article saying that they're getting back together and they're doing. Some more music and going out on the road, man. I was ecstatic about that. Those are my guys there. Yeah, but Fonte, the last ten years, he might be my favorite MC. Okay, who's the best? Who's the best uh, hip hop act you ever seen ever? Like it live? Um, <laughs> I haven't seen a whole lot live. You know, to to be honest, I want to say, okay. um, the Roots or <laughs> the Fat Boy. <laughs> oh boy, the fat boy! <laughs> I, I remember their one the song, thing. "Wipeout." <laughs> they do with the Beach Boys. Yeah, yeah that's not the best song. That's the only song I remember. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm diving deep right now. I I'm in a uh, uh, for some reason I'm, when I get in my car right now I'm playing a lot of NWA right now which is I think it's just because I watched uh, Straight Outta Compton for like the fifth time recently so uh, yeah. that's kind of what's on my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, hip hip hop's a little bit bigger than that, but yeah, I, I like yeah. NWA's in my top five for sure. But yeah, hip hop's a little bit bigger than that. Okay, yeah. well, uh, Chris, like, uh, Brad, you got up? another question? Um, I think I do. Let me look my list here. Kind of went through everything. Oh, did you uh, did you end up seeing John Wick three yet? No, man. I just found out it was a three this week. Like I saw. I saw that on your Facebook. (laughs) I I, I had no idea, man. One and two. One was. I think one was better than two. Two had a little bit more action, and it was like it was kind of over the top. But I still loved it. But three, I got to see it. I haven't seen the, it yet, but the uh, best fight my... scene, fight the best gunfight scene ever in a single movie, 
is in John Wick 3. Wow. Is it? Yep. Oh, you got me sold because John Wick 2 has some crazy ones in that one, man. So yeah. if 3 is anywhere on that level, yeah, I got to see it. I got to see it before people spoil it on Facebook for me. I got to block people. <laughs> Don't block him. So uh, where can they find you at, Chris, to kind of follow your, your ins and outs? On Twitter, man, uh, Chris Artist 5, at Chris Artist 5. And then Facebook, okay. you know, if you see me, just send me a message or, you know, send me a friend request. And you can join in on all the silliness that I'm uh, that I partake in every day. Perfect. <laughs> well, I like it. Well, Chris, I, me and Brandon wish wish you nothing but the best in your new road down in San Antonio. You know, Thank you. Uh, hopefully you hopefully you know what I'm saying you 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 become a, I don't know I, mean, I know you ain't necessarily a fan of any one team. You know what I mean? Uh, I know you appreciate basketball, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and winning basketball and whatnot. And like I said, we wish you nothing right. but the best. And uh, hopefully right. we get to, I mean, not to, not to not spoil alert for everybody, we hope we get you back on before the season starts. Oh, man, that'd be great, man. I, I enjoy myself, man. Okay. All right, All right Chris. Hey, well, hopefully, hey. hopefully it goes smooth this summer. The Warriors don't win another title because nobody wants to see that. <laughs> yeah, right. I do. And Durant ends up a Laker or a Nick. Um, he's coming back to the Warriors, man. Okay, you heard it first. You heard it first. Okay, so you know what Jonathan's going to ask real quick before we let you go. So you can't pay everybody. Somebody's got to go. Hey, one of them going to take a cut. We're going we're gonna to get this done. We're going to get this done. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, thanks for joining, man. All right. Yeah, we'll have you. Uh, we'll get you back on uh, as the basketball season nears uh, back in uh, like October or so. All right, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, Chris. Absolutely, man. All right, that's All right, that was the director of basketball operations at University of Incarnate Word, Chris Artis. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Artis the number five. Uh, you can chat with him about basketball. You can talk about hip-hop music. You could talk about the Warriors. Chris Mullen, his best favorite player of all time, uh, or the craziness of, um, yeah, of anything. There's two sides of the story, right, John? John, you're cutting out. I can't hear you. You got to hear both sides. Sorry. I, I, there we go. I can hear you now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a great, great interview with Chris. Uh, I'm excited to get him back on. Um, as we near that basketball season. So uh, good choice there. Good choice. I think our listeners are going to love it as well. Now, John, I, I want to flip back to the NBA. Um, okay. There's one last, two last topics of the NBA I want to hit on real quick. Uh, number one, it was reported uh, the NBA released a statement the other day. The Indiana Pacers released a statement. Tyreek Evans has been suspended by the NBA for two years for the violation of the league's anti-drug policy. He was already set to be a free agent, so it wasn't a big loss for Indiana. They weren't going to uh, re-sign him. He's missed games earlier in the year um, for a personal reason and such, but uh, I think it's more than just the weed. I think, uh, as Stephen A. would say, yeah, right. I think there was some uh, other drugs involved to make it so severe for a two-year penalty, but uh, – your thoughts when you saw Tyreek suspended by the NBA? Yeah, I, that was that was a shocker, eye opener, man. I know he wasn't probably going to re- resign by the Pacers um, because his, his time here was 
you know, not not it wasn't terrible. It was it just wasn't what what the organization and or fans expected. Um to your band, you know, I, I kinda hope I kinda hope the the kid I mean the kid, like I'm much more that much more older than him, but the kid that does Tyreek Evans does have some supreme talent. Um I and if you remember if anybody remembers from his Memphis days or remember his days as a as a Sacramento King, he was he wasn't he rookie of the year? I yeah, yeah, and the number yeah. two pick, I think. Yeah, so he has some supreme talent, um, and 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 maybe also technically, uh, unfortunately, probably has some demons to go along with that talent. And he, I hope he seeks some help so that he can. Re- I mean, there's been some great uh, reclamation stories in professional sports, and especially in, in, in I don't want to say especially, but they're all, but more there's I can think of. I remember John Lucas um, had a, a, a issue. With uh, drug abuse uh, during his uh, younger days, but there's some great reclamation stories in the NBA. I hope Tyreek Evans can find uh, a, a way to find to get his way back on the court. I really yeah, do. absolutely. Um, you know, the thing with Tyreek and, and I didn't really. I think we may have talked off the air about it. We didn't talk. I just thought with Tyreek this year, you know, it was a one-year yeah. deal. You got to try to play for another contract. Uh, it looked like he just came in a little overweight this past season, played lazy um, at times. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we talk about team chemistry being one of the biggest things. And then he misses for a hashtag or hash sickness, which who knows if that was true. I think it was some demons that he was trying to deal with uh, then. So uh, I really hope the guy finds what he needs uh, and gets the help. I, I'm more nervous now that he's out of the league because I feel like, while he was in the league, at least there was some structure for him um, to kind of keep him away from those things. So hopefully now um, he can find the right things, the right people in the right program to uh, get his life back on track. I don't think he gets back in the league, by the way. I think that's it for him. Oh, man. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. So um, let's see. The NBA Combine. NBA Combine was this past weekend up in Chicago. Uh, Some notable names up there, Romeo Langford. Uh, R.J. Barrett, Carson Edwards, uh, Taco Fall. There was no Zion Williamson because what the hell does he have to prove? He did it all during the season. So, um, but just right. some of the results I saw. Uh, Taco Fall, his standing reach is ten foot two and a half inches. Uh, his height without shoes is seven five, tallest of them all. Uh, hell of a wingspan, eight two wingspan. Right. I'd, will he will he be successful in the NBA? You think? Does he have a chance? Does he got a chance? Absolutely. But more often than not, anybody that goes over the seven two, you know, what I'm saying goes over seven two benchmark, they usually have a short uh, playing career, lifespan in the NBA, just because of the wear and tear on their body, and just because like you kind of need they don't have the uh, well, not necessarily. I, I kind of allude to durability. They don't have like the the lateral movement that that's kind of needed. So, Sean, so think Sean Bradley, think George Muir sign, think Manute Bowl. You know, what I'm saying they kind of bounced around from team to team for a number of years. So they they I mean they got paid. They you know what I'm saying they they live great lives. But as far as them being great impactful players or all star level players, the answer would be no. Uh huh. Okay. Um. Just looking at some of the people who made the biggest impressions from the combine, uh, <clears throat> Brandon Clark is one name that has stood out from Gonzaga. Uh, 
Clark had a he's rising through the draft charts right now through the second half of the season and even during the tournament run. Um, he came in at six foot eight, two hundred seven pounds at an eight six uh, reach, a standing vertical of thirty four and a half inches, um, and he's quick. Uh, you know the reach wasn't impressive, but his superb leaping ability gives him a chance to block shots uh, against anybody. He averaged sixteen uh-huh. and, uh, and eight at Gonzaga, so he's rising up the charts easily. Um, another one. You know, a local product here we talk about, which we said he probably doesn't need to go to the NBA or he's not going to make it. Kyle Guy. Kyle Guy actually did very well at the NBA Combine this past weekend, uh, impressed a lot of scouts, and he's actually moved up some draft boards. Uh, 6'2", 175, and, and skinny, but, uh, you know, he, the kid can shoot, and uh, right, he's got he a can. smart basketball IQ. Right, right. Interesting. He's not going to be a first-round pick, but he will be picked. Right. Right. Well, on one point, and so on some drafts, but like pre-drafts before the season started, like he wasn't on nobody's draft, <laughs> draft yeah. watch or anything like that. So that's kind of that's kind of uh, interesting. Kind of kudos to him too and his and his abilities and the and the tournament run that they made. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Carson Edwards was up there. Um, you know, and Carson Edwards actually today worked out with the Indiana Pacers. So uh, yeah. Edwards worked out with the Pacers. He's moving up some draft boards. Um, you know, the latest mock draft I saw currently, um, uh, where did it go? I'm looking right now. Actually dropped him to 38th in the uh, draft to the Dallas Mavericks, um, right now, but, you know, solidly into the, the NBA draft. Somebody's going to take a chance on him. We talked with him, uh, about him. You know, he reminds me of a Quinn Cook type, uh, you know, he's playing right now for the Warriors. So, um, right. And even and he could easily fill in for a team like the Warriors or the Mavericks or God forbid the Lakers, you know. I could see him on the right. Lakers coming off the bench in the point guard role. Right. You say like every but every team that you said has potential to make the playoffs. So it's it's not a bad you know saying maybe from a money standpoint because the earlier on you drafted you get more money, right? But from a from a uh, developmental and like what team you really want to, like organization standpoint, yeah, it, it, it's not a bad deal if the Pacers draft you. It's not a bad yeah. deal if San Antonio Spurs draft you. You know what I'm saying? You're 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 in, you're in you're in a good quality organization where you're not necessarily dependent upon to be a savior or even a deputy savior. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it just it'll, it'll be interesting to see. We've got. We've got our draft special that we're going to do in June. We're still kind of planning that yep. uh, with me, you, and then yep. Willie. Uh, we'll do our own personal mock draft together, the three of us, on an episode. So that'll be that'll be always fun to to go with and see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> before we hit some quick hitters, I'm going to take a quick commercial break. It's going to be a quick one, folks. Uh, okay. We got the Indy 500 coming up this weekend. I'll dive through that here in a moment. Uh, we'll be back in about a minute 15 and we'll start with, uh, some Indy 500 talk. Wherever you turn, May is in the air. On shirts, on socks, on skin. The ritual calls and we've been answering since 1911. Where racing legends become household names. We welcome the world to our city from Monument Circle to Gasoline Alley. We test our limits and discover what we're made of. We start new traditions with old friends and join 300,000 fans screaming over 700 horsepower engines. 
For 33 drivers dreaming black and white and battle 240 miles per hour to make it a reality. Fans start their engines for a month-long celebration of barbecues, bass drop, and breakneck speed. And no matter how you may, there's no place else you'd rather be. From porches to podiums, from 5-1 to the 500. Can't believe it, man! I cannot believe it! This is Indy, and this is May. All right, and we are back, and with that preview... We've got the 103rd running of the Indianapolis 500 this Sunday live from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Uh, here in the state of Indiana. It is pretty much a national holiday itself besides Memorial Day Um, with with a lot of patrioticness going on. The aura, the tradition, the pageantry of the Indy 500. uh, If we can get it in with the weather, chance of thunderstorms, 60% chance of rain at some point. So if they can get the track dried, they'll try to get the race in as much as they can. Uh, I was there this week. I was there four times this week, qualification day and three practice days for the 500. Uh, I did write a blog, put it on the website for my predictions and how I think the race will go. And then my picks actually for the Indianapolis 500. Um, just looking real quick at some of the field. Uh, Simon Pagano is your pole sitter for the race with Team Penske. He has been strong all month. He's probably had the best month of May out of everybody. Uh, he won the Indy Grand Prix earlier this month in Indianapolis, and then now he's got the pole. Um, Team Penske is always very strong in Indianapolis. I expect Simon Pagano to have a nice run, definitely a top five uh, performance finish with him. Second, starting second, Ed Carpenter. Ed Carpenter and Speed go hand in hand like peanut butter and jelly. Carpenter's won three poles for the Indianapolis 500. The Butler native, the Butler Bulldog himself, uh, Ed Carpenter, uh, always a shot to win it. He finally finished second last year. Uh, Previous year, he got caught up in an accident, but he's starting out front once again. I expect Ed to have another tremendous race. He's actually my second pick. If I have two picks, and yes, it's my show, it's my website, I'm going to give myself a second pick. Ed Carpenter would be my second pick to win the Indianapolis 500. Um, I don't believe this race will go to a fuel mileage race like it has in the past. Um, the last time I went to a big fuel mileage thing at the end was last year uh, when Will Power won. Will Power will be just as strong this year uh, with Team Penske. I actually think he's going to end up finishing in the top three this year. Uh, Power's done it. He's got the monkey off his back. I think he knows what he's going to do. Uh, there's not that much pressure on him since he's already won it. My pick to win uh, – is the person who won the 100th anniversary of the race, uh, Alexander Rossi with the team Napa. Rossi's had the best month overall. Uh, he can put his car anywhere on the track. He can put it inside. He can put it up with traffic, behind traffic. He was dicing in and out of practice. He's got a very solid pit crew. He's got a very solid team with Andretti Autosport. Uh, I just think with all those things combined and his experience, I think Alexander Rossi is going to win the 2019 Indianapolis 500 and then you could take that to the bank. Uh, odds right now are, are uh, 12 to 1. So please put some money on that. Uh, Will Power is the favorite right now at 8 to 1. So uh, it will be interesting to see. But the race will be Sunday. If it doesn't run Sunday, it will go to Monday. So uh, tune in. It will be on NBC for the first time. Uh, it used to be on ESPN and ABC. Now it will be on NBC starting at, uh, I believe, 12 o'clock noon. And uh, for those that listen to us here in the Indianapolis region, you will have to watch it on tape delay 
at 7 o'clock at night that evening. It's always on tape delay uh, here in the city to get more people to the race. But you can always listen it to uh, the race on 1070 The Fan or 107.5 FM. So Indy 500 this weekend, hashtag this is May. And hopefully that brings a little bit nicer weather. We'll see. All right, John, that was my uh, whew, my quick preview for the Indianapolis 500. Uh, now I'm going to hit some quick hitters for you before we end the show this right. evening. A couple things. Um, <clears throat> number one, um, I want to talk about Indiana Hoosiers basketball. Now I know it's it's May, and why the hell are we talking about Indiana Hoosier basketball? Well, a couple things. Uh, I used missed out on four recruits in the past month, yeah. John. Um, Trendon Watford chose LSU over Indiana. This was two days ago. Um, he's from Alabama. A four-star guard named Lester Quintos or Quinanos chose Memphis over IU. Um, just looking at those two, when you got a guy that's choosing LSU and Memphis to play basketball over a prestigious traditional program like Indiana, that's not a good look for Archie Mil- Archie Miller, John. It's not. It's a head scratcher, especially with the LSU with uh, with Wofford going to LSU. Not necessarily. I, my personal opinion, not necessarily with Memphis because I know there's a, there's a there's a there's a, like a field that NBA guys NBA guys have uh, are now flooding colleges to be the college coaches and and and, and, with, and, with, and excuse me with with mixed results uh, with. Um, Avery Johnson and Chris Mullen, uh, you know, what I'm saying with their short stints at their respective universities that they that they coached in like the last couple of years or whatever. But um, Jerry Stackhouse, you know, Jerry Stackhouse is at uh, Vanderbilt now, uh, yep. and we know, like I said, we know now that Anthony Hardaway is at is at Memphis. Um, the thing about the thing about I, the thing the the shining light with Anthony Hardaway is that he actually coached on the high school and AAU level. You know, what I'm saying he didn't come in. Thinking this is going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy, and like he's going to come in, and I'm Anthony Hardaway. I can get anybody. You know what I'm saying? I, who, who I want. I think that I I I kind of believe that Avery Johnson and Chris Mullen did. You know what I'm saying? Chris Mullen, as we talked to <laughs> with the director of basketball operations of Incarnate University, Chris Artis, right? Chris Chris Mullen's a dream teamer. You think he ain't got no ego? You think he doesn't believe he can go to anybody's living room and 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 you know what I mean? I mean he's a nice guy, but you don't think Chris Mullins goes to anybody's living room and think he can't get you know so and so so recruit? And then when he doesn't get it, he you don't think he can think he can coach the guy that he does get up? So I would say that Anthony Hardaway, Anthony Hardaway, he's building. A, I'm not the super team. He has probably like the top three number recruiting class in the nation. In the nation, Brandon. Because he just got a, he stole. A, I don't say he stole. That's a bad word. But he got a he got a guy to you know what I'm saying that they committed from Duke to come over, right? Uh-huh. And um, I, like I said, I think I think Anthony Hardaway is a little bit ahead of the curve here. I think he, he, he he's in he, he's in it for the long run. So I can see why a recruit would want to go to play for Memphis over IU in that regard. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But the Wofford connection, like with with your brother, like your brother is like an Indiana legend. Is yeah. Not, oh yeah. I mean, I know they didn't win. I know they didn't win a championship, but they won a Big Ten championship. I do believe. But and then and he the hit the shot. He hit. He hit the shot. Not even Calvertani hit a shot like that. I love me Calvertani. <laughs> as far as I use. You know what I'm saying? But not even Calvertani. You are. You know what I'm saying? Hit the shot like that against Kentucky to to beat Kentucky, and then you choose 
LSU, an organization, not an organization, but a school with a lot of talent. And they've got problems themselves with the coach. But I'm saying, right, they got a lot of talent. They, they had a deep tournament run, but they got a lot of problems themselves with their coach, you know? So that that kind of, I don't know. It does not, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily bode well. I know some, I know some, uh, excuse me, I know some alumni from IU believe that, you know what I'm saying, it's okay that these guys went elsewhere. But the more talent that you have on in, in your program, the better you have your chances of, of making a tournament and making a tournament run. So I, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I, I think it's, I think it is a, a something that you, we need to raise our eyebrow, uh, at least one, right? <laughs> uh, about, yeah. Like who's not, who's not coming. Yeah. He's still, Archie still has a few spots, two spots to fill on his roster uh, for this year. And I don't know where they're going to get it unless they bring on some walk-ons, which uh, I mean, it's bold well in the past with a few guys, but Nothing crazy, but you've mentioned it before during the season, and Nick even said it during the season last year was, you know, when the hell are they going to get some in-state recruits that are like top guys? You know, they got Romeo Langford, and they got this Trace Jackson going, and they just got uh, another guy, Keon. No, Keon Brooks was a huge one who went to Kentucky. Um, right. So uh, you got to think the leash is getting very, very short now for um, for Archie Miller, just like his brother uh, in Arizona. I don't know who's going to get let go first, Sean or Archie. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if that investigation is going to go any further uh, out there in Arizona. It's, it's, they, they keep on talking about it, but yet still, you know what I'm saying, and, and they have wiretaps, they have tapes and whatnot. How the hell is still this, the coach? I don't know, man. I, I, Brandon, I don't know. Smarter. They must Whatever he's selling them, I want it. <laughs> Apparently, exactly. something. Exactly. Right. Um, right. Also, looking, it's been reported. I haven't seen anything official yet, John, but it's been reported right now that Jawan Howard is going to be the Michigan coach. Ugh, I don't know about That's that. A, it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher to me. Uh, from from my from from people that I respect and 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 and, and take information from, Jawan Howard is is an all around good guy. I get all that, but. For your first, and I, I always thought, for me personally, I always saw him as a pro coach. You know what I'm saying? He spent years, years as an assistant or as a, you know, slash player, slash assistant too, right, as, in, in the NBA. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of thought that was, hell, he got, he interviewed, didn't he? he, was, he no, he didn't interview, but he was kind of, you know what I'm saying, they, they had him, uh, his name was tied to the Laker job at one point before they, you know what I'm saying, they tied it on Vogel. Um, I just kind of, that's your like Michigan is always been considered a top five program, a blue blood, wherever you want to call it, right? And it usually was given to a guy that kind of works his way up the ranks. I know there's been a you know since somebody somebody on doctors and show not to you know what I'm saying not to you know saying pump up doctors and show but like there's been a lot of callers that said that why didn't why hasn't Michigan call Dane Fife? And Doc has kind of knocked that down. Yep. So, man, that's a rival. And I'm like, dude, that's but who cares? Like Bob Knight used to Bob Knight, Bob Knight played at Ohio State. What, what, like what's like? I don't, I don't, I don't get. It. Who cares? As long as you got the best coaching candidate, you know what I'm saying? To be, you know what I'm saying? Who cares if they coach Michigan State or freaking Wisconsin or whoever? It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? So, but hey, you know, like I said, it's been reported that Jawan Howard is going to be the head coach. 
I don't question his X and O's. He, he, he had a long playing career between Washington and Denver and Miami and Dallas, I do believe. You know what I'm saying? A long playing career. So I, I, I never question a guy like but with that many years in the NBA that he knows the X and O's of basketball or the fact that he also played in, I do believe, two Final Fours. And and I don't know how many elite eights. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't do. I, right. I don't have. The, you know what I'm saying? The Google stats in front of me, right? Because he didn't. He didn't. He he wasn't a one and done or a two and done. He, I do believe he stayed at least three years at Michigan. So, but yeah, like that's your first job. That's your first job, Michigan. There's a lot of there's a lot of like that. That wasn't that wasn't the previous coach's first job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Usually you work your way up through the ranks to to get a Michigan. So I kind of question Michigan's. Like there's been a been there's been you know saying on between Jalen Rose I mean that's his buddy so he's not gonna he's not gonna say nothing bad about Jawan Howard he's obviously gonna make an impassioned uh, plea for 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 Michigan and for the folks you know saying around that organization who who are responsible for hiring you know saying to 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 hire a fat five guy but brass tacks Brandon what did they win nothing brass tacks Brandon what did they do. They lost Nothing. to Duke by thirty in a championship game. They 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 blew a a game that they technically was you know kind of talent wise even in Eric Montrose's North Carolina, but they lost. So what did they do? Because they were trendy. You <laughs> Baggy shorts, Jawan black Howard? shoes. They were trendy, so we want to make Jawan Howard the coach to bring that back because they were trendy. I like listen. I like the Fab Five, but they didn't win. They not even you talk about Steve Kerr. They ain't in my top. They ain't in my top ten. <laughs> they not. I'm not. I'm not. I mean. I, I mean. Listen. You can like Jalen Rose. You can like Chris Webber. You can like Jimmy King, and so on and so forth. I know I'm leaving some guys out. Hell, Rob Lincoln was on the freaking team. <laughs> Dude, Easy, right? Easy. <laughs> he was. Palinka I was know he was. But but who who whooped that butt? Duke, who whooped that butt? North Carolina, who whooped that butt for oh, – I sound like The Rock. Who whooped that butt for the Big Ten Championship? IU, what'd they win? <laughs> they got a number what'd one seed. Win? That's all they got. They won a one seed. Okay, well – You know hey, I, You know I, what? I, I don't even think Michigan this year – I'm going to go ahead and get our crossroads. Go ahead and get that little hourglass out because I'm sitting there I'm, – I'm, I'm turning it over, and I'm sitting here looking at this team, and if if, if – Jawan Howard is the coach, which I hope to God it does not. If he's the coach, John, this team's not going to win more. I even looked at the roster. This team ain't going to win more than twenty games. They'll be twenty and twelve next year, if they're well, lucky. I, maybe maybe nineteen and thirteen. Okay, I, I can win. I can see them winning twenty games because there's going to be some carryover. You know what I'm saying with the roster, but a lot of these NBA guys are going to understand real quick that Calipari. Coach K, Bill Self, and even Shaka Smart, because he gets a well, he gets a couple of McDonald's All Americans every other year too. Believe it or not, he just don't get five like Calipari and Coach K. These dudes are deep into the culture of recruiting, and that is what in college basketball gets you to win championships, Big Ten national championships, Final Four runs, so on and so forth. It just does. Yeah. I agree. So we'll see not, what happens. More to come you, on that. Not because you're Jawan Howard. That's because you use Jawan Howard and you show up at my at, at my doorstep and said, "Hey, man, I used to play for. I played with LeBron." Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> uh, 
yeah, we'll see. It's not. It's been reported by a few people, but uh, I've been searching all day and I have not seen any confirmation um, that it's going to happen yet. So we'll see more to come on that. Yeah, and I heard Dockets earlier today too talk about the Dane Five situation and that you know the excuse the Dockets used was uh, well you wouldn't see uh, Bob Knight or an IU guy you wouldn't see IU hire a Purdue uh, guy from Purdue as an assistant coach. I tell you what, John, if I'm a coach. I'm going to hire whoever the hell I can to make my team better, and I don't give a damn where they're from. Right. doesn't matter. Shit. Sorry. I didn't, I didn't. It doesn't matter. If I, you got the numbers, you know what I'm saying, to get somebody off the Purdue staff, then they should choose. They should sure, sure as hell go get them. You know yeah. what I mean? Rivalry. rivalry that Maybe the rivalry of burn even brighter. It's not like the guy who gets hired. Let's say the guy from – let's say I, you hired. Let's say, you know what I'm saying, uh, so and so so gets fired, and a the guy they they choose a pick they, they they choose a guy from Purdue or they choose a guy from Ohio State. Is he going to take? Brandon, is he going to lay down? Right. Yeah. God, God, I hope. Right. Is he going to take? Is he going to lay down because he's playing? No. Purdue? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's going to try to he's going to try to win. So your that, that, your closest kind of, kind of was it your friends your closest enemy your enemies your closest friend I don't know how I think I screwed up the saying but yeah I absolutely would I think they would play harder. <laughs> trying to beat their own mm-hmm. school. So yeah, who knows? Uh, talking about rivalries, uh, we've got one coming up in June, John. It could have been a rivalry back in the early 2000s, but Undertaker versus Goldberg? 24 years, 25 years too late? <laughs> way, way late. Way late. Oh, man. I'm sure he's not going to take no spear. I'm sure if he, if he does take if he takes a spear, it's going to be one spear. This uh, may I, I be bet. the quicker match than the Goldberg-Lesnar. Right. right. I bet I bet there's no winner to that match. It's got to be quick. Undertaker's combined age of 58 in this match. <laughs> uh, another match assigned for this is Triple H versus Randy Orton. Uh, tell me wow. if we haven't seen that before. Uh, right. Then there's a 50-man battle royal. Uh, they're bringing out all, all right. the all the pops, I, like I guess, at, at uh, Saudi Arabia. But Money in the Bank was two nights ago, John. Uh, the women's title, SmackDown title, changed hands twice. It went from uh, Becky two belts to Becky one belt, and Charlotte Flair won the SmackDown, and then I. Bailey came in, cashed in the money in the bank. She's now the WWE Women's Champion for SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the men's, the men's was a amazing match. I have not seen guys put themselves through more things in my life, through chairs, through tables, through ladders. I, right. I even say that's better than what Mick happened with Mick Foley um, when he was in some of those matches. But those, all those guys, all seven of those guys, put their bodies on the line, put on a hell of a show. And then Brock Lesnar comes out and wins the money in the bank. Pushes pushes Ali off, grabs the title, and says he's in it, and then they ring the bell. So Brock Lesnar now is your money in the bank winner. I would be pissed. I would be asking for my release if I'm Finn Balor. Finn Balor for what I put my body through, and then for them just to say, hey, you know what? We're gonna, we got to get ratings back. We got to get Brock back in here. Now, our boy, we just uh, interviewed, uh, Chris. Um, uh, uh, um, I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, Chris Hawkins, the fellow WWE fan. Yeah. You know, I was talking with him on Twitter and I tagged you in it. Uh, you know, 
the reins were slipping. You got to bring back Brock Lesnar since he retired from USC. Uh, I just don't want Brock Lesnar to be champion again. Please, no. Like you said, at least the AEW is starting this Saturday. Yeah, it it, it raises the hairs on the back of your neck. It, I, I I see what Vince was trying to do, but it also it also could destroy his locker room in the way WCW's locker room was destroyed when the Chris Jericho's of the world and the Eddie Girls of the world were overlooked because they kept on pushing Hogan or they kept on pushing whoever Hogan's friends were when they were the primary workers and you know the primary entertainment of the of the show as as far as mid card status was concerned. You know, and it, and it, I know you remember when Chris Jericho came over, he got a huge he got a huge pop, a huge pop when he first came over. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, with the with the with the clock, you know what I'm saying, coming down. It was like, and it, it kind of a lot of people say that you know, saying uh, NW, the NWO overdid it, and this is what killed WCW, and this that. No, that was when it was when the real workers left WCW, Guerrero. Um, uh, Chris Jericho, them, Dean Malenko, when they left WCW, and even you know, saying Benoit, I know everybody's opinion about Benoit. We won't go down that road, but when those all those guys left WCW, was what we what are we, we watching here? We watching Vampiro get blood spilled on him? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we watching we, we we watching Kevin Nash come out here and 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 wreck in a match with you know what I'm saying with whoever whoever he was matched up against, or we watching Lex Luger pose? You know what I'm saying? Whatever. So, um, Brock Lesnar, you know, you know, Brock Lesnar is not a is not a young wrestler. Okay, he did his time. He he was a long time SmackDown wrestler where he wrestled every. You know what I'm saying? He he wrestled a normal wrestler schedule, and right. And now he has a schedule that kind of like you know. But he's a heel, but we don't like him like The Rock. Like The Rock came in and said he wanted to be the champ. Everybody would love it. Would they not? Everybody. Fan wise would love it, right? If the Rock and he was in, said, when he gonna, came in I and beat CM Punk, right? They would love it, even though he's not a full time wrestler. But because Brock Lesnar is a heel and he needs Paul to help him get over, it's like a, it's like it pisses people off. But that so, isn't that what a heel's supposed to do, and he's playing it perfectly. Yeah, but you still want to see the heel wrestle. You still want to see the heel get his ass whooped. You still want to see the heel work. And he does he works a he works a relaxed schedule. I'm not saying he hasn't because of the years he's done for Vince in the past, I'm not saying dude, Hulk Hogan was the same way. Tom Michaels everybody every, Mick Foley. Everybody who was when you get to a point, you do not want to work three hundred days a week. Uh, three hundred days a year. There's no way you want to work take bumps for three hundred days. Right. You know what I mean? So so Brock works a, a, a reduced schedule, a relaxed schedule, but it, it pisses guys off like Finn Balor. It's gonna piss them off to like you know what I'm saying, or, or whoever else that's, that's, that's in that locker room. You know what I'm saying? That whose contract might be coming up to an end, to where they think about, hey, AEW's paying guys over here, and now they got a TV contract that's not on, you know, <laughs> not on. Uh, I'm trying to think what TNT. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think what uh, TNA. Uh, TV show is on, or what real our TV shows like, like yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, real obscure where you're where you're your your outdoor channel, I don't know, 11, yeah, we're, yeah, right, where your matches are being scheduled at eleven thirty at night, man, you can you can catch Ring of Honor on Sunday nights, probably about ten o'clock <laughs> at night, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right, you know, Turner Turner's getting back involved into in, 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 in sports entertainment, 
So, I, I, Brandon, I'll be honest with you. After about a month or so, I I kind of I might I I hope to see some guys move over. Yeah, and they just had another one sign. Um, Ty Dillinger, who was known as the Perfect Ten at uh, when he was with WWE and in the uh, uh, NXT, he just signed uh-huh. with AEW, so he'll be there this weekend. They have a twenty-man uh, battle royal there on top of their card as well. I just wish they were starting their TV the same time as this pay-per-view um, because right. there's no real hype for it besides what they're doing on the internet. Um, right. And the, and the TV doesn't start. So even after this pay-per-view, the TV still doesn't start till the fall, you know, October we're yeah, looking at. Right. There's, there's, there's somewhat of a gap in between like you're right. Between where they start. I also hope that they don't lean upon what, like when they start talking about WCW or what they did in, you yes. know, saying 15 years ago, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it's all fresh, new storylines, and they and, and also Brandon, they don't even. I'm not saying like Vince was like Stone Cold for 100 years ago. Not even he never did mention NWA or WCW. Never. He never like he never like the existence of it. I want w, I want AEW to do the same thing. Don't even mention about what goes on up north or what happens in you know what I'm saying uh, in the offices of WWE. Don't mention it. We all know everybody. Wrestling fans are smart now. We all know that there's another organization or organizations right. around the world. You know what I'm saying? Let AEW be AEW. I hope that that's, I kind of like I said. I hope they do that. I, I don't even want to. See, I hope they don't bring Eric Bischoff anywhere near AEW. I don't think they will. Um... <laughs> It was introduced last night on Raw. It did not get a good ovation. Um, it <laughs> fell flat. I don't think it fell flat because of McFoley. I think the fans, what they wanted was a hardcore championship. And what they got was a stupid green belt. It looked like the Green Lantern's belt. Um, oh, wow. There you go. Shout out to your comics. Uh, a 24-7 title is what it was called. Like, how original can you get on a name? Pretty much just like the old SmackDown or the old uh, hardcore title where it was always defended 24-7, which that, to me, John, that those were some of the best segments back in the Attitude Era when they were fighting uh, for that title. Crash Holly. Yeah. I, me- I right. remember an Crash episode Holly. where Steve Blackman, uh, Crash Holly, is at the airport trying to get on a plane, and and Steve Blackman hits him in the back of the head with a kendo stick, pins him. Blackman celebrating for the title for 10 seconds, and then Hardcore Holly wraps him up for a school, uh, old school uh, schoolboy roll up for three at the freaking airport. Right, right. It's, I, the only thing I can think about is that Vince was going to probably use social media to to uh-huh. to like where to like where me and you would be at work or like our real jobs, right? <laughs> we would be at work, and like, hey man, they. <laughs> <laughs> they just changed the twenty four seven title. But Ray Mysterio is not a twenty four seven champion. But to what J to like kind of what Jr. Uh, Jr. said uh, via Twitter and via you know what I'm saying in social media is that when you introduce this title, what's the U.S. title about now? What's the Intercontinental title about now? You already have dual. You already have dual world champions, or you one's the Universal champion. You already yeah. got a, a champion, a SmackDown champion. Who's the real champion? Who's the real like you know saying back when you mean you came up right as as youth watching wrestling, there was already uh, you know what I'm saying maybe there, maybe there was a split organizational champion where the NWA had their champion over here and WWE had their champion over here, but now WWF has two champions. Who so who's the best? Who's the best between you know Kofi and and you know but I get it. I, but I, I kind of get that. I've I've accepted it. Between the Kingslayer, uh, the, the, there's a Raw champ and there's a SmackDown champ. I, I get that, 
but now you've, you're adding another champion. So, like, it, I, I just remember from, from my thoughts that the U.S. champ in, w, in, in WCW was the first – he's the number one contender, somebody that you were grooming to be the world champ or to challenge the world champion at some point. Intercontinental champion the same way, especially the Intercontinental champion. Right. And, and yeah. when you come to WWF, WWE, like the, the Intercontinental champion was somebody that we're going to groom to be the world champion, to see if you could run the show by yourself without any type of gimmickry. You know what I mean? Once we put Absolutely. the drop title off you. So, so like, now you're introducing another – it should have just been, like, my, my, my personal opinion, I used to love the, the world television title, like, you know what I'm saying, back in the day. You know what I'm saying, this is countless things, Mike Rotunda, uh, Shane Douglas, all these guys were world television champion. Like, these are the guys – you put a title on there, you used to prop – all titles are props anyway. Right? Jericho. But you put a title – you, yeah, Jer- thank you. You put a title on him to, to make him look good so that you move him to the next level. So the 24-7 title is for what? For, right. For make me well, for make, for, and I also think giggle. it's another way for Vince McMahon to be able to have guys cross over on shows as well. I mean, the only reason they did this stupid wild card thing, I mean, what the hell is the purpose of having a draft now and having two split brands? Right. You might as well just have put everybody on every show and do your storylines there. You're better, better chance of getting better ratings doing that. I mean, the only reason they did the, come on now, the wild card was just so Roman Reigns can still be on raw. <laughs> That's the only reason, <laughs> you know, right, right, uh, right. with this 24 seven. Yeah. Like you said, the social media, absolutely. How they didn't do this a long time ago. Uh, I mean, you got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WWE network. You can do so many different platforms with this now. Uh, Right. It'll be interesting to see how they go with it. Uh, I think they, you know, I was listening to Busted Open Radio on Sal- uh, XM, Sirius XM this morning, and they were talking about it. And they said, you know, they, it, it just it didn't stick. They need to change the name with it. It can work. Um, but I think where they, they missed, and I think Bubba Ray Dudley and Steve LaGreca, who do the show, I think they made a great point was last night at one point, Bobby, or excuse me, Robert Rude is running through the back with the belt. Like he's getting chased, like you see in a in a cartoon, and it goes right mm-hmm. beside uh, Baron Corbin and Lashley, and they just kind of have that look, like what the hell's going on? Now, if you want, if that belt's just for Mick Carter's and such to kind of get some other people over, that's totally fine. But make it worth something to where maybe Bobby Lashley and and and, and Baron Corbin think it's the the belt because if you don't have these other guys, these top guys think of it as a prestigious belt, then what's the purpose of having it? I understand to have right. the talent. But if the top talent looks at this belt as a downgrade, and why the hell I ain't worry about that? Then what? What do I have to invest as a fan? Why does I would ask that if I ever interview Vince, I'm gonna I'm I'm send him a nice little email. See if we can get somebody from go. WWE to answer this. <laughs> why does what is Vince? Why is he scared about elevating? Like he didn't used to be like that. Like like you got Robert Root on your on your on your on your roster for what reason? Elevate him, you know what I'm saying? Don't put the don't put the 24 seven title. Make him, you know what I'm saying? You put the title right. For, I mean, listen, he's he's comedic relief to me. Our truth. You put the U.S. title on our truth for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. elevate? Don't be afraid to elevate somebody who's been like who's been in the business for over well, 20 years. Well, our truth's gonna lose the belt tonight. It's it's just a given that he's probably gonna lose the belt tonight on SmackDown to somebody. <laughs> Right. So right, right. 
Um, we got four minutes left real quick. I know we make sure we get our thank yous, everybody, in. Um, I am going to play this because the guy is better now. Um, he's out of the hospital, out of surgery, and he's still alive. So anytime I can play it, I am. When last year I spent more money on spilled liquor <laughs> from one side of this world to the other than you made. You talking to the Rolex, the Rolex wearing. Diamond ring wearing. Kids stealing. Woo, wheeling, dealing. Limousine riding. Jet flying. Son of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these alligators up. Thank God Ric Flair is still alive. Uh, that, John, it scared me when I saw it last week. So I'm just glad he's back around still. And every moment I get a chance, I'm going to play a Flair quote for us. Cool. I'm so, with it. I'm uh, Absolutely. Like, he's the 1B. If Hulk Hogan's 1A, he's 1B. Or he's 1A and Hulk Hogan's 1B. I don't care. I want to buy everyone to put Smite. Perfect. So uh, we'll wrap up this evening. Uh we may next week's show will either be on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, John, I'm good for either. If it's Thursday, it needs to be a, a little bit later, seven seven thirty. If it's okay. Wednesday, it can be okay. at our normal time. You let me know off radio. But I want to thank everybody that's mm-hmm. us tonight. I want to thank Lou for calling in, sweet Lou. We missed you last week, but uh, it's always great to hear you uh, talk about the uh, sports on your side and, and, and you know go back and forth with us. I want to thank our guest, huge guest tonight, Chris Artis. Please um, let him know on Twitter that you uh, enjoyed the show tonight. Um, a lot of back perspective, and then just in general, pop and uh, music too, you know. Um, but I want to thank both those guys for joining us. John, you got any closing things? Man, again, I mean, you, you kind of just stole my thunder, man. I want to thank uh, Director of Basketball Operations for Incarnate Word <laughs> University down in San Antonio, Chris Artis. He was uh, he, he's a he's a fountain from information when it comes to uh, uh, basketball, either on the collegiate level or, or on the pro level. Uh, you, you, like I said, you pick his brain, and you're gonna you're gonna come away with something. Uh, you're gonna come, you're gonna you're gonna learn something. How about that? You you, you definitely will learn something. Um, and I, like I said, I want to thank everybody for listening. I get I get uh, I got friends, I got family, um, I got uh, people I work with that uh, are interested in our show now. I I appreciate everybody, you know what I'm saying, listening. I appreciate everybody's suggestions. And, hey, man, why don't you ask? Can you ever ask? You know what I'm saying? People have to, you know, Brandon, people have suggestions like what we want to ask. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. not a, it's, it's not every day you get to talk to an assistant coach or a basketball operations or who, whoever else, right? So people have suggestions like uh, like what we can ask them. I mean, I, you, I, me, I know you got a 1,000 questions you want to ask a, a, a guest. I know I got, a, you know, 100,000 myself. But like sometimes you know, what I'm saying I, I also take suggestions as well too. So I, I appreciate absolutely all, all our guests. I appreciate all our callers. I appreciate all the people that listen to our show. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. I want to thank everybody as well. Um, you can find our show iTunes. You can also find it now on the Google Play Store. So those of you who have Samsung or Google phones, we are available now on the Google Play Store uh, as well. Please subscribe, like, and share. Um, share tonight's episode on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, it'll be uploaded here in probably the next 30, 45 minutes or so once I get it formatted correctly. Um, that'll mm-hmm. be up. We're also going to be available on a new one, a new feature. Um, people, It's called CastBox. So CastBox now, Crossroads will be on there. I'll send out a link on there as well. It'll be also always available on our Crossroads Sports page. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. John, thank you once again for getting the interview set up with Chris. It was awesome. I can't yep. be, I'm excited to get him back on uh, later on this year. 
We will see you again next week, Crossroads Sports fans. So until then, have a great week. Have a happy Memorial Day. Yep. Thanks for listening. Crossroads Sports.